Welcome back to episode 60 of Warrior's Den. Today's guest is Sonny Sohoda. He was previously on episode 38. Uh, he has also opened up his own martial arts school, although we're all getting hammered with current restrictions, which we discuss a little bit. Uh, you can find him on praxisjujitsu.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram. And he is currently doing one-on-one privates, uh, as we are allowed to, gracious governments, um, lufitness.ca also is where they're located at Level Up Fitness. Uh, so this podcast, we talked a lot about Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, and some Krav Maga, everyone's favorite love or hate guy, uh, Gordon Ryan a bit, the John Danaher, their methodology. A uh, little bit of ranting on my part, but you know how it is. And of course, you can find more information about what I do at UrbanTacticsKM.com if you want to come train when we're allowed to do it again. And you can find, of course, this blog is, uh, this podcast is posted on UTKMblog.com, of course, iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, find us on Instagram, Urban Tactics. KAM, yes, or is it Urban Tactics Krav Maga? I can't remember. It's either Urban Tactics KM or Urban Tactics Krav Maga. And of course, we're now on Parlor um, because media censorship is getting nuts. So, um, not that it affects me that much, but uh, I'm branching out to all sorts of channels now. Might be a better audience for me anyway. Um, if you really want to support us, you can go get a membership at utkmu.com. Pretty affordable. You can go through our white and yellow belt curriculum, orange belt curriculum, as I teach it. And I'll eventually get around to adding more stuff like the advanced curriculum and uh, more access to stuff. But in the meantime, as most of you cannot come train with me directly, it would be much appreciated if you can see what I am offering training-wise in our, my approach. Uh, as we discuss actually in this podcast, you can learn at www.utkmu.com. Of course, the more supporters we have, the more content I can push out because, you know, I'm an adult and given COVID, I'm probably going to have to go get an adult job soon. But I'd rather not. So support uh, Urban Taxes Krama as much as you can. And then I'll have more time to produce more stuff. Uh, so you check that out. So again, Sonny is a friend of mine. And he's been doing judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, sambo, and other styles for many years. And you could call him a uh, martial arts nerd, I suppose. Uh, so here you have episode 60, 60, 60. Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system, it is a way of life. Warriors Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools, Thucydides. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. Listening to the Warriors Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions. 
Oh yeah, I forgot what episode we're on. Ooh, that is loud. New mics. Uh, I am here with Sunny Sahora. I always screw that up, right? It's okay. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. It's awesome. Nice to be back. Yeah. I forgot what we talked about last time, um, but you've definitely uh, progressed in your martial arts journey since then. So oh yeah. Start there. Like what you got up some belts and. Uh, well, let's start with 2020. Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, I lost my job during yeah. the coronavirus pandemic, and I was in a crossroads, and uh, I could either look for a new job or go into this martial arts thing full-time. So yeah. I took the step and went straight into um, opening up my own club in Surrey yeah. and um, dealing with a concussion that I'm you know, still suffering from right now. And uh, during a pandemic, and that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, opening up a club in 2020, it's kind of not the best business idea. Yeah. But you know, it's sort of working right now. I'm doing a lot of one-on-ones right now, and it was going okay for a while in August. I had some group classes going on. Yeah. But then the restrictions kicked in, and and now we're here. Yeah, well, we will get into that for sure, but yeah. like, because you, uh, you upgraded your jiu-jitsu belt, right? No, um, right now, I don't really care about belts right now, so... The people might, though. <laughs> <laughs> the people might, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, right now, I focus more on no-gi, yeah. um, focusing, focusing a lot on wrestling, um, no-gi, judo, um, up my leg lock game. With Sambo, right? Or is that just through the no-gi? Um, what, the leg lock game? Yeah. No, I'm training with Mac Juan, and oh, yeah. we're doing a lot of the modern leg lock systems from Rob Bernanke, Danaher, some Ryan Hall stuff. Yeah. So um, that's really fascinating. I really enjoy that. And, um, yeah, it's basically doing mostly no-gi. I do miss the gi once in a while. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it's just uh, just kind of progressing that way. So what's like? Why is your preference for that uh, no gi versus gi? Well, I think uh, no gi is more flexible in terms of rules and, mm-hmm. and the amount of use of technique. Yeah. You can uh, definitely do more more stuff in no gi right now under the rule sets. Now, I mean, IBJJF recently has changed their rules and in their no gi divisions, you can do heel hooks now. Yeah. But you know, only no gi and only black belt and only a brown and bl- is it brown 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 black, brown and black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's well, I mean, it's a start, right? Yeah. It's fine, but. Um, yeah, no gi jiu-jitsu, I think it's where it's at right now. Yeah. Um, I, I find that more, a little bit more um, more fascinating. A lot of people like no gi a little bit more. At least here in Vancouver, they kind, yeah. of, kind of tend to know the no gi classes are getting very busy compared to the gi classes, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have noticed that people who are drawn to athleticism often prefer the no gi um, because it's... You, it has an advantage there versus if I'm up and get the athletic guy with the gi on, I can slow them down with the lapels. I found like psychologically that the more aggressive athletic people often like that, right? Yeah. Uh, versus gi where it's more it's more methodical a lot of the times in some ways, right? It it is methodical. I, I mean, with the lapels and the grips and everything. Um, with the with the gi, I find that. Um, 
you could, yeah, you could definitely slow things down, and it makes it more and more cerebral. Like yeah. you can really think about what you're doing. Whereas in nogi, uh, sometimes you have to roll the dice a little yeah. bit, scramble, you know, scramble Go. a bit. And, but there is there is a method to these scrambles now. Like you can win scramble exchanges uh, now that the knowledge is is getting getting out there with the thought leaders like yeah. John Danaher and and uh, all these other guys are just kind of creating systems around scrambles and and bottom bottom position um, like bottom wrestling positions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's, it's it's a really good time right now for jujitsu. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about twenty twenty, <laughs> but before around last year to now, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty. A lot of cool innovations are happening, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, right. you know, it's funny you say that because, like, I know you do sambo, right? Yeah. With, and then they have leg lock. It's like some of this is not. Some of it is new, of course, but a lot of it isn't. It's just reintroduced because some of the stuff had been done forever. It just wasn't mainstream. Well, the thing with the leg locks in Sambo is there's only three submissions to have. Like yeah. it's like it's like the straight ankle lock, knee bar, and no, maybe just just the, just the two, the yeah. knee bar and the straight. They don't even have the toe hold. Yeah. Uh, I think that's illegal. Um, it's considered almost like a heel hook. Whereas the modern leg locks, you got the heel hooks, the knee bars, the toe holds, um, just and a lot of like um, hybrid style, yeah. uh, like kind of like a heel hook knee bar hybrids, you know. Um, but like you know, with sambo, it's a very different. It's a different approach than, yeah. than say the modern leg lock game, right? So I, I kind of think they're like very different. A lot of people say, "Oh, leg locks are, you know, they're nothing new. They've always existed." But right now, the the technology we have about the modern leg locks is so different. Yeah. Very very sophisticated compared to like say sambo or or maybe even catch wrestling, yeah. right? By technology, you mean bionic legs, yeah. right? No. <laughs> no, well, I the think technical know-how. Yeah, I think it's the. Uh, Systemic, systematic approach. Yeah. Right? Like, it's almost like I approach Krav Maga like that. And a lot of people come in to here thinking I'm not going to be like that. And they're like, I, this is not Krav Maga. Go fuck yourself. So, like, there's too much talking. I'm like, well, if you don't understand the theory, you can't apply it. Like, can you and, give me an example? Like, uh... um, well, Krav Maga is based on principles originally, not just now. Um, uh, it's like don't go to the ground it's right. a common one well that's the strategy of course you go to the ground at certain times when the strategy fails but you have to base it on that or I want I teach something from the Marine Corps which is the awareness color code right. uh, sorry not a Marine Corps uh, it's a colonel an army colonel who came up with white, uh, white yellow orange uh, red mental right. color code awareness and then the Marine Corps added the black Jeff Cooper that's his name um, Americans would kill me if I screwed that up um so that's not actually from Krav Maga, but what it actually is, is awareness of your mental state, and you need to be aware, because you, you get these stories like, I've been training, I've been training, and then they get sucker punched. Well, that's to do with your mental state. Exactly. Right? Like, I mean, um, when I was researching, like, self-defense and reality-based martial arts, I mean, a lot of it is theoretical, and yeah. it's all about situational awareness, and, and that's very important. You know, there's times where, you know, I came close to getting to fights, and I'm a, I'm a trained guy, yeah. and mentally I would lose it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting nervous and and I, I like you know I would freeze up yeah. and uh, yeah it's not a that's not a good thing right and um, 
you know, I found that competition helps ease the nerves. Like you get used to it. <laughs> well, it helps me yeah. for sure. But yeah. I mean, you're still nervous. You're still you're still yeah. like kind of freezing up. But you get used to that feeling, right? You yeah. get used to um, fighting under that type of pressure oh, yeah. and stress, right? And then you kind of move through it, right? But yeah. um, well, it's like there's a common. I know, I know people like this. They're phenomenal on the mats. They get into competition and they flip a coin, yeah. and it's their mind, right? Now, from a self-defense perspective, people have been sold this thing that it's not it's like if you're not mentally and strategically prepared on the street you can have the, all the skill you want it's irrelevant because your your body your nervous system will, will overcompensate so like i spend a lot of time with new students talking a lot uh and a lot of people don't like that and it's it's really they're doing drills of course a yeah. lot but i've put a lot of emphasis you need to understand you can't just know if you don't understand you can't apply when parameters change and teaching a linear system like jiu-jitsu was for so long, here's a technique, here's a position, here's a technique, here's a position. And then the new modern way of teaching it from a lot of people like John Danaher is they're systematizing it. And a lot of the other guys who are winning too are doing that too and pretending like they're not. Right. 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 But they're actually putting a system to what they're teaching now, copying the sort of people like Danaher and other people that started that sort of approach. And their ego doesn't allow them to do that. So when I systematize self-defense from Kramaga perspective you know a lot of people are like oh, I thought I was just going to punch people in the face it's like can you even throw a punch let's start there yeah right yeah um, or that you know I can talk about jiu-jitsu too is, it drives me nuts not just jiu-jitsu any martial arts where they're teaching a technique for self-defense but not conceptualizing it for self-defense scenarios and calling it self-defense right you know I've had that debate with black belts who are in jiu-jitsu going to kick my ass all day long but the way they're teaching it is dangerous if they're teaching self-defense application right 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 you know like jiu-jitsu they say uh, size doesn't matter yeah go fuck yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, I mean it's, I mean martial arts is a funny funny yeah. world right the way they market itself it's like you know the smaller guy can win against the big guy and it certainly can but you know it, it depends on, this, uh, on, the, on the opponents you're fighting and everything right yeah. um, even the self-defense world it's like you know they're per- a lot of hacks <laughs> a lot <laughs> they're putting out this perpetual just bombarding people with like the you know outside outside your door it's completely dangerous you yeah. gotta look at everyone like with sus- with suspect right um, you know you gotta always be on guard you know how much stress that's gonna put on you I mean I, I've worked with people COVID's gonna kill you <laughs> like I worked in loss prevention and yeah. and these some of the guys I've worked with like they they're into like reality based martial arts yeah. or they don't train yeah but course. they're really yeah. they're really into it though the most and then, important part and then they, they buy into the marketing like yeah. uh, like oh I gotta carry a folder all the time it's like Dude, you live in the most safest area, and yeah. you know, in in Vancouver. Like, why are you carrying a folder around? And you're, yeah. you, and you can't even use it. Like, yeah. this is like, it, it's just like very misinformed and 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 trying to project their uh, insecurities on, yeah. on on vulnerable people and everything like that. So well, that being said, loss prevention guys get stabbed a lot because they're usually <laughs> playing clothes, and people you, are like, "What are you, you doing?" You know, I, I've I've worked in the industry for almost fifteen years, and it, it, it's actually quite rare, you know, getting stabbed. You got to be really stupid. Yeah. yeah, you got like you. If it's in, it's in your approach, right? Yeah. If you approach someone really aggressively and you're getting in their face and telling them they're under under arrest, 
I mean, that guy's going to, like, yeah, he's probably going to stab oh, yeah. you, right? I've like, seen it at Home Depot once, and they just were so poorly trained. Yeah. There, there were two big guys yeah. who, like, knew how to use their weight, but, like, they're just throwing this this guy around yeah. who was clearly unstable, and yeah. just, like, it would yeah. turned into a mess, and it was just, like... You know who Rory Van Vliet oh, is, course, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he came out with an instructional yeah. on uh, healthcare workers, yeah. you know, self-defense for healthcare workers. I think that's a very good... I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen I it, it like, but, I mean, I think that's a really good idea like you know the hiring process for these security companies is like you know you got you, you can know next to nothing and they put you in a situation yeah. where uh, you put yourself and others in danger well, right yeah. i can't name names but i i have a student who works at one of the hospitals here and this hospital is very well known mm. for you're gonna get in somewhat violent confrontations all the time I have another student who's also joining said hospital. Um, now, the first student is the guy they call all the time to deal with it, because half the security guards, oh, this is all alleged, of course, uh, half the security guards don't want to deal with it, or they don't have the uh, know-how how to deal with it. And then I had another student going through it at this time as well, and he was uh, showing me a technique that they were showing, a three-on-one technique. And my student was like, oh, this is garbage. And I said, you know what, actually, the technique's not horrible. It's not the worst that I have seen. However, my response to it was, I don't think this is going to go how you think it's going to go. Because in order for that technique to work, it requires all three persons being competent, capable, and willing to do it appropriately. If all you're giving is a one-week course on intro and then maybe a review once a year, that technique, even if I think it's okay, with three-on-one, is not going to work. And then my student basically... uh, resisted against all the trainees they couldn't hold him and he's not much he's not even bigger than me he's my size or smaller Mm -hmm. and then of course the instructor who happened to be one of the again these big guys were like yeah you're doing it wrong just use this weight on my student and then of course he held him but the guy's 200 plus pounds right right and that's a that's an issue in self-defense is a lot of these guys are huge and their technique's not as good as they think it is and when they're teaching it they're failing to compensate for their size, which yeah. is always, always a fact. Yes, crazy can be big, but if I'm crazy and big, I have a huge advantage over even a smaller individual who uh, is untrained. Well, even like trained. keep the most of the security personnel, yeah. they're like they're not even in shape. No, like, they're just like they don't exercise, yeah. right? I mean, they might have an interest in martial arts or restraining tactics or whatever, but they like. Man, they like. I don't think they can run a block, no. and you know they can't even run five minutes, yeah. and they'll be out of breath. So, and then you add stress into the factor, and you add like all that stuff, and yeah, it's you, that's a recipe yeah. for disaster. Right. Well, there. I once after a stabbing downtown, got hired by a small private company to teach their staff, and, and like about halfway through, I just said, I'm going to be really honest. I would not have hired like eighty percent of you. Yeah. And they just looked at me like I'm the biggest prick in the world. I'm like, you're putting yourselves at danger. You physically are not capable of this job, let alone skill wise. And they're just like, and I had a conversation with a guy who worked for a very prominent security company in Canada. First of all, don't get into security if you can help it in Canada. It's not, they don't pay you enough. And he basically was a manager. And aside from the fact he told me a story how he was proud that one of his people was being obnoxious and he like stepped in and antagonized the guy further. It's like, wow, you're a dick, first of all. But... He was just saying, telling me the honor, you rarely hear this, is that it's the actuaries who have the power. So the actuaries are the insurance people who decide what's worth it or what's not. And they have said, as he, this person told me, they have done the math, it is more worth it to see an employee die than it is to train them properly. Wow. And when you wow. start to realize, you know, that's actually kind of like what's going on with COVID now is 
They don't actually care how many businesses go bankrupt. They don't. It's very clear they don't. Whether it's in Canada, a more socialist country, or America, they don't care because in their minds, in their actuarial decisions, as long as uh, enough people don't die making them look bad or their government systems don't fail, they don't care. As long as the system functions, yeah. they don't give a shit what happens. Exactly. You can hire basically anyone in security. Yeah, in Canada. Canada like in Canada, much. yeah. Like it's you don't even have to speak English. No. Like you can just. Like, Which is a huge issue because like, no, communication, communication is a big is like, Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah. I, I don't. I don't mean to sound racist or anything, yeah. but that's that's the case right now. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I mean, just so you know, he's not a white guy. I'm not so. a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Throw that out there. Um, the well, you know, also in Canada. Uh, if you are so in such a dangerous situation that you require armed security, they basically tell you you have to hire the RCMP. Well, the RCMP are factually not trained in VIP protection. Mm. It's a different game. Yeah. They're not trained in it. And they don't have the skill set to do it properly. As you can see, that happens anytime the police in Canada get in these crazy shootouts, which doesn't happen too often. It goes horribly wrong because they're not even trained for that. Right, and so you're telling I want them to I have to pay them to do the job that they're not actually trained for. Uh, now it does. It's not a very common situation in Canada where you need armed guards anyway. But it's like this is something's wrong. Yeah. And this, there's this. Even though there's a cry from all the experts, we need more training and we need more uh, money to do the training because it costs money and time. Nobody wants to do it, and then the system's like, oh no, no, it's not. It's something else. Yeah. Well, I've had cops and RCMP people approach me and say, you guys see more fights than we do in a yeah. whole year, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's like you know, yeah. like they're like actually there's someone legit me looking out for us like yeah. they're like you guys really should change careers like this is a dangerous yeah. job yeah. but i mean for me like i mean coming back to communication i mean de-escalation yeah man like maybe like 85 to 90 percent of it effective like just talking to the um to the offender and just like hey look i'm gonna let you go on this one you know just give me the product back if you're talking about a, a loss prevention situation yeah. or even like in a club like you're working as a bouncer just talking to the guy let him have his say he gets it off his chest and then everything's de-escalated. Yeah, um, yeah man, I, I can't stress enough. Like, de-escalation and talking to people and just letting them have their say and then they kind of forget why they're angry in the first place or, yeah. and then they oh, yeah. leave and then everything's kind of fine, goes back to normal, right? Yeah. But everyone's trying to prove themselves in the security industry. They want to get the stats. They want to get, you know, the company relies on on, on reports and... The metrics that yeah, are the not metrics, correct. Yeah, the metrics, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. very few companies don't have quotas, right? Yeah. Like, they don't, you know, it's just, you know... They're relying on metrics that don't actually tell you what you need to know, exactly. but it's something that's easy and it's measurable. And then you're seeing that all over the world now. Easy, COVID. Oh, uh, the infection rate is up. Therefore, it's like, but that's not the metric that matters, guys. Right. It's not the met. You're looking at it wrong. Uh, well, we're the experts, and it's like, yeah, but you're not using them, your own data correctly. Right. So what are you talking? It's about? all interpretation, yeah. right? Like it's like no one's telling us how many people are actually sick. Yeah. How many people where are, they're sick? Where which are they? Are exactly. Sick. Right. It actually changes your policy. So how many people are asymptomatic? Yeah. You know, you're positive, but you're asymptomatic. You yeah. know, how many people are in the in the hospital? How many are recovering at home? Like we yeah. don't have this information. You know. It's, well, you do. You just you have do. To go you gotta go. It. Yeah, I gotta go look it up, right? Yeah. And then. But the point about that, and I do.
do want to talk about that in depth a little bit, but the it's too many people don't understand, right? The theory, right? We're talking systems about right. like jujitsu or Krav Maga. So like I teach uh, avoid first, whether that's run or just don't put yourself in that situation, right? De-escalation, uh, strike first and react last. Now strike first doesn't always work for security pr- practice, but for general self-defense, you do want to strike right. first if right. you have to. You'd be able to justify it, of course, and then you want to react last. Mm-hmm. Uh, now striking first for security wouldn't be a punch. It would be a grapple more likely. Yeah. You want to grapple first. So it's it act first, right? But when, even that's dangerous because, you know, some of these people have, like, you know, of diseases and stuff. Yeah. You get cut. You got hep C. Yeah. You know, even that, you know, yeah. that, that, that's why, like, de-escalation is, yeah, like, the course. number one tool. Yeah. But, I mean, there, there are situations where you have no choice. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. The order yeah. is important. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, say someone walks in the door. It's like, I just want to punch someone in the face. I'm like, no, no, no. You forgot the first two steps <laughs> yeah. that are more important. And on that note, one of my instructors uh, in Krav Maga basically said, guys, we can't just go around smashing people faces anymore there's cameras everywhere there's cell phones everywhere you gotta understand this stuff exactly um, and as you were kind of indicating the ego of like oh bro I like right this. And you're in the wrong industry man oh yeah for <laughs> sure and people a lot of these people are very gung-ho right yeah. they're young they're 19 years old and and you know <laughs> they, they they watch tv they watch youtube videos and they yeah. think that this is self-defense and you gotta go yeah. smash people it's like i'm sorry like it's it's just and even companies are encouraging it. There's some companies that encourage that behavior. Don't look on YouTube, bro. And that's crazy. And then, and then you have people on uh, social media recording these arrests, yeah. making the company look bad. Yeah. And it's just like, I, it's unbelievable, well, man. The, unbelievable. The, the lack of knowledge in the general public of use of force, just like how hard it is, yeah. is an obscene thing and then they yell at the politicians the politicians just do what they say with it part of a politician's job isn't just to do what the constituent wants it's to inform the constituent it's actually both ways right and what you're seeing in america is they're not informing constituents they're just manipulating for power and listening to the loudest group uh, in Canada, I think it's not that bad yet, but you're basically getting incompetence because Canadians are too nice. And a lot of these politicians, well, we want everyone to be happy. It's like, no, you can't. But if you're going to screw over a group, you need to have some sort of yeah. uh, compensation for that. Um, the decision-making is coming out of the metrics. Like, for example, I'm not going to name the company. There is a marketing company I'm in dispute with. They claim, oh, our product is working. I'm like, I'm not. It's not. Uh, and they're like, oh, but the clicks, the clicks. I'm like, but that doesn't translate to, re- to people walking in my door. It doesn't mm-hmm. translate to people paying. Mm-hmm. So we've been convinced that certain metrics are, well, you got to follow these certain metrics. And it may apply for, say, an online store. It will not apply at all to someone walking in the right. door. I could have 10,000 clicks. It doesn't mean I get a single person in the door. Exactly. Because people could be searching from a global scale. If you have an online shop, no problem. But but we're using the wrong numbers, the wrong metrics to tell us how to come up with plans and execution process. Mm-hmm. That's why the systems are so important. When you actually understand the system, you can sort of pick and choose as you go. Right. 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 But if you're just like, nope, metric and nope, the technique, and it's going to fall apart real quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, if a system's too crazy, then you will see a less successful chance. Say, not, not picking on anyone like the 10th planet system. Uh, which is quite in, quite intricate and requires certain certain skills not everyone has, and you start to see at the highest level they don't actually perform as well as you. you have like. you have you trained Tenth Planet? No, I personally have not. I've trained with people. Yeah, it's very uh, different. I, yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't trained Tenth Planet, but I've rolled with Tenth Planet yeah. guys, and yeah, it's very different. Yeah, like, I'm actually put off by it, like. 
if I have to go into like, okay, we're doing warm up one A, which is an intricate, complicated mm. warm up, that and then they're just looking at you. Why don't you know how to do it? And I'm like, I'm put off by that attitude. Yeah, yeah. right. Now, a local Tenth Planet gym is very good, from what I've heard, and it's actually producing some very good yeah. people. Um, but and I've rolled with some Tenth Planet guys. For those who don't know, Tenth Planet uh, is Eddie Bravo's system. It's a Nogi system. Uh, he was famous for beating one of the Gracies, and then uh, later on drawing when he was much older. But it's very complicated. It, f- it focuses more on Nogi, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, well, actually, all of it's Nogi, yeah. right? I, I say I say more on Nogi because I think before Eddie wore the gi pants, yeah. and then, then he got the rash guard, and it's like, why are you wearing gi pants, bro? Like, yeah. like what's? Yeah. I thought you're no gi, right? Like he's definitely so. a pioneer, and he yeah. did yeah. systematize it. Like he did put a system to it, which is smart. He just made it too complicated. One one more thing about Tenth Planet is, um, you know, even though I haven't trained Tenth Planet, I yeah. do end up using Tenth Planet techniques. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like infiltrated itself into into no gi grappling and and even Brazilian jiu jitsu, like yeah. the, the truck position. Like yeah. I, I find myself, I go into the trucks yeah. more often. Um, lockdowns, you know. So it's even though I haven't trained Tenth Planet, it's yeah. interesting how it's kind of like permeated into. But uh, see, that's the thing. If your system is good and you have a good understanding, you can pull stuff from somewhere else and put it in and as long as it flows with the system yeah depending on the context right? of it yeah but if you have a system that is so complex that you can't do that without the system breaking down then guess what it's not a good system and, and the, the old adage like simple is better is, is usually the best place to start because mm-hmm. if I can take things and mix and match within the system without the thing compla- compla- uh, collapsing on itself regardless of whether it's martial arts uh, government or corporation then you actually have a proper system that can adapt as needed uh, within reason right um, that's why I think the conceptual aspect is again it's so important but if people don't understand because either the, the school systems haven't uh, you know that's half my bottle but yeah battle as an instructor is to re-educate people's way of thinking right coming in because if you can't think properly how are you going to be able to defend yourself or even avoid the situation because a lot of people don't even see these problems coming because they haven't been told how to read right. read the situation and understand uh what's going on around them and then they don't know how to make a good decision right yeah i don't know about what you feel about <laughs> well i mean the thing about systemizing things is um you could take something that's already pre-existing and working, and then you can you can work with that, right? Find something that's actually working, yeah. and then um, you can find your own tweaks. Like if you look at like the Danaher guys, and even like someone like Eddie Cummings, when they start working those leg locks, they, they already were researching yeah. all the leg lock games that were happening in MMA, and they were studying in uh, Matsukami. What's his name? Imanari. His first name Imanari, Matsukatsu yeah. Imanari. Yeah. yeah, and his his game. But then they started adding their own like. Um, a little bit of tweaks, a little bit of adjustments, and then it kind of became what it is right now, right? Yeah. So you take something that's pre-existing, try to find it in the context of your own um, in your own environment, and then it'll go through a leap, it'll go through a change, right? Yeah. And then um, and it'll work for within your context, and it might change over in a different arena. Like if we take the modern leg lock system here and we put it into MMA, like, like okay, maybe some of the principles might apply, but you know you have you. It does definitely have to make an adjustment for that, right? So, yeah. And I'll take another form of systemization. 
Yeah. Speaking of uh, Danaher and his crew, what do you uh, what do you think of uh, good old Gordon Ryan <laughs> and Gordo <laughs> and his recent move to Puerto Rico? Well, you know what? I try not to follow the drama. You yeah. know, I just uh, <laughs> you know the old American guy goes to Puerto Rico, right? So yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's it is it is it a is comprador a, state of the yeah. United States, right? It, it's it, yeah. yeah, but like um, I don't know. This is I, I think. I mean, I I think he is pretty aggressive on some of his stances, but I tend to agree with him on a lot of that stuff. So for for those listening, don't know Gordon Ryan is currently like the best grappler, no gi grappler in the world. He actually doesn't claim to be the best overall. He just says best no gi, and uh, he's been winning a lot lately. And he's achieved more yeah, than any quickly. other athlete in the shortest time of yeah. Yeah, period. Yeah. So yeah, the guy's basically the goat yeah, of no gi grappling. And yeah. the Brazilians hate him for it because yeah. he's a white guy and he's not Brazilian. And, and he's an excellent instructor. Yeah, like he's. And he's an, not only is he a great competitor, he's an yeah. excellent instructor. Like, you know, he, he's he got a very solid uh, teaching style. There's, yeah. there's a funny meme where it's like John Danaher being like, oh, what you need to do is go on the interior. And then he's like, he'll hook on your pussy. <laughs> and I think what he's done is taken the brilliance of John Danaher and simplified it for the everyman. Yeah. I, I've been to a John Danaher class. It's like intense. Yeah. And if you're not used to cerebral way of learning, you're going to be like, what you're gonna is pretty lost, going? Yeah. On he I, like and I, I actually it's a good thing I trained with Matt Quan a little bit before. Otherwise, even as a probable, I would have been like I'm pretty lost. Yeah. What is he talking about? Because he doesn't really explain. He just expects you to know and then does. Yeah. <laughs> but that one class, I've been using that a lot, and yeah. it took a while for my brain to do it. So Gordon Ryan just simplifying it, and then his his trash talking though is what's made him hit the money. That he's yeah, making. you know, I think it's very intentional. Like, I mean, okay, you're the best nogi grappler in the history of the sport, but people are going to forget about you. Like, you know, who cares? It's like being the world champion in badminton. Yeah. Can you can you name me the who's the world champion? One of my exes could. I could not. <laughs> but if, if that champion badminton player starts talking trash and yeah. taking the sport in a very different way yeah. or making the sport look stupid, yeah, people are going to know who that guy yeah. is, right? Or who, who that woman is or whoever's trash talking, right? Yeah. So. Well, it's like Conor McGregor. I mean, you got to have the skill in back it up but yeah like i get annoyed at people at like a keyboard warriors or even in person like ah, oh, the trash time is so disrespectful it's not honorable i'm like what are you fucking talking about have you actually looked at history bushido code is made up in the in the late 19 uh, late 1800s try and reinvent japan it's not yeah. the traditional samurai way they would leave their uh, daimyos all the time if they thought they were ridiculous like this is a, it's like modern inventions of what the warrior is the warrior was trying to survive yeah wasn't that from a uh, japanese uh, Christian theology, possibly. Like yeah, I'm not, I am not my. Japanese yeah, I read an article. Like, uh, yeah, I read an article. I can't, can't. I'm trying try to find it for you, yeah. but it's some Christian theologian, it, yeah, a Japanese was, guy. You try to make parallels between, yeah. you know, that it the was ja- something to do with like after the British kind of like we're here, motherfuckers, right? And the Japanese emperor was like, we need to like kind of like Christianity with the uh, with the uh, Romans, like we need to reinvent ourselves somehow. Yeah. And they came up with this like Bushido code and honor. And, and maybe perhaps I'm this is speculative that to prevent their people from getting wayward ways away from the Japanese ways and more to Western way I don't know but it's not this you go into like 16th century Japan they didn't have what's Bushido code right like they want right. me to do what like I'm not gonna do that yeah we have the 47 Ronin or whatever it is a famous story yeah, that's yeah. historically fairly accurate not the movies but the, the yeah yeah the happened. actual story right um, but being a Ronin wasn't like some 
weird thing. It's like, you want me to do what? Now nah, I'm going to be a Ronin. Bye. Yeah. Because no one wants to put their life at risk. Like I was watching uh, a, a documentary on Miyamoto Masashi right. the, the other day. Maybe it was you. I don't know. You posted it. Someone posted it. Um, it's funny. It was actually a New Zealand guy who was the main sort of speaking perfect Japanese because he'd been living there for like right. 20 years. And their telling of Miyamoto Masashi was like, oh, very disciplined, very dis. I'm like, dude, wasn't he like a drunk who broke the rules all the time? Like, yeah, like it's not so much that he was a master swordsman. He just used like strategies. Like yeah. he he never took a bath, so yeah. you already lost the fight if yeah. you can't, can't deal with the you smell, know yeah. yeah deal with the smell. Um, came out late. Yeah. Um, also, there are things that people don't know about Masashi was that he was uh, a painter and a poet. Yeah. Like his paintings are beautiful, but at that time it was a very uh, uh, caste uh, system yeah. there in Japan. You're not supposed to be doing that stuff. You're like part of a warrior class. Yeah. He just said fuck that. You know, yeah. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, he's not really known for his uh, paintings, but if you look him up, he's awesome. yeah, quite, really, yeah. really like. And, and and this is not this is not just amateur stuff. This is actually quite exquisite, yeah. um, thoughtful um, things that he's doing. So very remarkable guy. But it, during, especially during that time of change, yeah. when when the the Japanese feudal lords are kind of going out, and the, I think it's almost near the the Maiji restoration, right? Yeah. Um, the, uh, oh, again, modern, my history. Of well, anyway, the of, the modernization starts yeah. coming in. I think he was at the cusp of that yeah. right there, right? So, yeah. and a lot of martial arts too. Like I was just listening to a podcast about kung fu and how Wing Chun and uh, Tai Chi are actually modern martial yeah. arts. They're not really ancient, you know. Yeah. And they're it's just because of globalization and modernization has has come to China. Um, you know, people are starting to lose their cultural identity, so they try to reinvent themselves and try to put push Tai well, Chi. China's to, cultural identity was kind of killed with Mao. But. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, but anyway, yeah, they, they try to reinvent themselves and then try to make it adapt to modern times. And then we have this 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 we have what we now know as Tai Chi and Wing yeah. Chun because of Ip Man's moving to Hong Kong, where yeah. there's, it's a globalized society. There, you know, they have a big major trade route, and um, that changes the face of the martial arts itself, right? And, yeah. And, um, and of course, you had Bruce Lee that kind of propelled it into mainstream. But people in the West think that in Wing Chun is such a such an ancient Shaolin martial art, yeah. and it's probably not. Oh, you know, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, Bruce Lee, speaking of trash talkers, the guy had a mouth on him. People are always like, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, dude. He was a dick by a lot of people. <laughs> like he could back it up, but he would like you know bring it back to the Gordon Ryan thing. It's like these these narratives we tell ourselves about how things are, and then when you actually dig into it, you're like, no, like who's yeah. going to win the fight? The guy, if it's life or death, I'm gonna cheat to win. Sorry, yeah. right? This is not ring fighting, and this has got nothing to do with honor. You're trying to kill me, I'm gonna kill you first, right? And people, like, we've lost that that sort of mentality and that approach to things. Obviously, do not go around killing people, that's not what I'm no, saying. No, but thinking but outside the box, right? right? Like, just going outside with yeah. the step. Like, I mean, we'll get to Gordon Ryan in a yeah. second, but I mean, like, <laughs> even in my jiu jitsu journey, like, a lot of the success I've had in jiu jitsu was studying other art. Like, I've, I've major proponent of judo and wrestling because that's really helped me. Even though there's guys who are way better than me in jiu-jitsu, I've managed to I've either out outpoint them yeah. or even, like, win the match by submission just by using more wrestling and yeah. judo because that's an area that they're not even familiar oh, yeah. with. They don't know anything about grip fighting. They don't know how to fight in the clinch. Uh, once they get taken down, they get stunned for two seconds, yeah. and then you get, get to apply your technique, and they get surprised. Yeah. And um, Yeah, so, I've, I've, I've integrated a little, um, not a lot. I'm 
been able to train as much as like but I'm wrestling into my game and it throws people off it really does because people know like I have bad knees so I like to pull guard because I, I can't really do stand up for too long my knees don't like it um, so uh, you know they're used to that but every once in a while I'll start doing some stand up wrestling and you, even bigger guys are like Oh, what the hell? And then I catch them. Yeah, even right. Greco. And if yeah. you can win that inside position or the the outside position, like a two-on-one or a rear, you got the, the seatbelt around their back yeah. or, or the, the gut wrench, uh, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, like, I mean, and people get lost there, yeah. right? And, when uh, you break the pattern. like yeah. it's a, Well, you know, I was thinking about Masashi. Like, I actually didn't know this till this. He, he was a dual wielder. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, if you go from a time, like, dual wield is really hard. And in most cases, it's not going to be the best. But if everybody is doing one one style and they only know one style with single sword this and that and all of a sudden someone who's mastered another style that nobody knows about he's gonna wreck them because he's breaking the patterns they've trained all the time in the patterns and then he comes in from the left field and then they can't beat him because they don't know how to recognize his patterns exactly right? that that's that's a great example and yeah. I, I, even at that time like um i could be wrong but i think you can only fight with a with a long sword outside and you can only fight with a short sword Maybe. inside, right? But Musashi just kind of like broke the rules and said, well, I'm going to fight with both of them. Whenever whether, I want. <laughs> whenever I want, whether you like it or not. And that threw people off. Yeah. And then... Now, people, like, at that time, you couldn't refuse a duel. And then, I I don't know if they've had, like, rules or anything, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you could say, hey, you can't fight with two swords. Like, what's this, you know? But they did it anyway, and and they lost, and I couldn't To death, too. I think the the origin of that two-sword thing was when this guy had a sickle with a chain on it. Yeah. And what Musashi did, he threw away his one short sword, the guy, and the guy caught it with his chain, and he came close... It could have been the opposite, but he, he basically slashed, slashed him while he distracted him by throwing the other sword away, mm, and maybe. then he came in and yeah. But anyway, that's one of those things. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Gordon Ryan, hey, like talking trash and being, yeah. His political points are just like he's uh, very. I mean, <laughs> I have a tenant. As I said, I have a tendency. If those of you don't know, he's very right wing. Very much pull yourself up by the boots. He sounds like a Ben Shapiro on steroids. A like, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like again, I. I'll agree with like 80% of what both of those guys are saying from my my perspective but they, it's like sometimes they're like you're full of shit on that other 20% but that's yeah. how you should be approaching stuff this yeah. all or nothing is insane like I mean he he Gordon Ryan got famous from trash he's making his millions not just because he's a good instructor because he trash talks and promotes himself and he even flaunts how much money he makes off of his DVDs and you think people would be like oh fuck you you're gonna prick no they keep buying it because yeah. it's good yeah. Right, and then everyone else is bitching and complaining. It's like, well, let's be honest, martial artists it doesn't make a lot of money, and yeah. he's doing it. He's making millions and millions and millions of dollars, and and I that's mean, good for jujitsu yeah. because he not only that I really believe like those guys are changing the face yeah. of jujitsu, but they they could make it into a more respectable sport like in a, in, a, in the weirdest way. Yeah. They could make it into a professional sport. Pay more, yeah, treat it, where, where, treat it professionally, where we all can actually benefit from this, yeah. right? Um, the methods is, is questionable, but uh, <laughs> but as far as yeah. but as far as the overall uh, you know promotion of jujitsu or, or no gi no gi submission grappling, yeah. it's, it's it's I think it's pretty good for yeah. the sport. I mean, his move to Puerto Rico, though, like I understand it, like basically related to COVID that New Jersey is one of these states that and New York that are just they're going to wreck themselves with these draconian non-scientific based methodologies yeah. and you know I'm having the problem here it's like stop lecturing me about the science I, I dude I am I understand a lot of people are not scientifically literate and I am not an expert in science per se but I 
I can read a scientific paper and realize when you're manipulating it. I can read it and understand what you're telling me. I can understand when you're lying to me. I am enough scientifically literate. COVID, you know, whether you pick the number 40 or 50-year-olds, you're basically not going to die. Can we cherry-pick the story of the 10-year-old who died? Yeah. you got to go all the way down to the bottom of the, parag- uh, the you know, 10 paragraphs to read, oh, yeah, they had diabetes. Oh, yeah, they were obese. Oh, yeah, they had... But you see, young people can die, too. Yes, yeah. young people can die from anything. Any disease, any virus, there's always going to be that small percentage of people who just lose the genetic lottery. Statistically, people under 40 or 50 are not going to have an issue with this even likely not to be hospitalized with this yeah and most people i know people who've gotten it here and then that is even questionable uh, about the testing methodology is uh, uh, is that they're just like i'm fine right they've already said asymptomatic people don't spread that's 30 to 40 percent of people who test positive are asymptomatic the the martial arts community though high risk in theory because we're close contact is actually one of the least risky groups because we're healthier people that take a lifestyle choice that is is keeping our bodies we're actually probably more likely at risk to spend resources in the hospitals from broken bones or, or broken yeah. joints than we are from being a burden on on, on the system from and we're taking precautions wearing masks and yeah. we're doing everything we're told doing you mean safer like yeah. we've got sanitizers and we're doing it's just politics so like yeah. gordon ryan's choice to leave new jersey which is it's new draconian like like as much as I complain we're in Vancouver British Columbia as much as I complain about what they're doing here because I think they're being uh, they're making emotional based stupid decisions that are not based in science uh, we could be in England where it's straight up 1984 yeah. or we could be in New York or New Jersey and I, I think New, New Jersey and uh, California oh, yeah. California is also like there's people moving yeah. to Texas I think so. California and New York are failed states mm. and they're going to fail all the wealthy people like you know on the taxation thing right I'm not against it outright but not the way it's being done now it's you know, all this claim, oh, the rich people don't pay their, their thing. And then I was actually looked at the numbers in New York. It's the top, like, one or whatever, 5% in New York actually pay half the taxes. Mm. They mm. actually pay half the taxes in New York State. Wow. So it's like, when I saw that, like, I'm, you know, I will never fault a wealthy person who went from zero to mil- billions. I'm not, I'm not going to rail them on that. I may g- go against uh, their political beliefs or something. Uh, where I have problems is when you're the grandson or the child of someone who made it and you yeah. think you worked your ass off, but you didn't. Um, that's where I get annoyed at people. But it's like this claim that their wealthy aren't paying their share. In some cases, it's true. But when you hear a stat like that, wait, the wealthy are paying 50% of the overall taxes? That's like 1% to 5% of people. What is going wow. on? So what happens when all those wealthy people leave New York? In New York, they're going to Florida. In California, they're going to Texas. How do you propose... Yeah, what's going to happen? What do you right. do? Yeah. Like, uh, tax the rich more? The yeah. only way you can do that is you you go tyrannical and you say, you can't leave the state, you have to pay everything you own is ours, which is now dictatorship. Yeah. Like, the, people aren't thinking these things out properly, right? You know who Eric Weinstein is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love, I wish he'd put out more. He's my favorite intellectual in America. Um I forgot, I believe it was his podcast. He he was talking about how economists and world leaders, they know our system is failing. They don't have a solution for it. And I feel like they're just going to run us off the cliff like lemmings because they don't have a solution. So I hear intellectuals talk about this where they're like, you know, Elon, all these people, oh, we're going to roboticize. You won't have to work anymore. That's the goal. And I'm like, what are you going to, what, what are all these people going to do? And they're like, oh, arts. 
It's like, yeah, do but- you understand human <laughs> beings? Like, what about Viktor Frankl's uh, book on, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, the ho- after the Holocaust, he wrote a book on the, you, you, people need meaning. Right, right. right. You need What's that, me- that book called uh, uh, On the Meaning of Life or something, something like that? Like yeah, that. Yeah, Victor yeah. Frankl, yeah, yeah. famous Holocaust survivor. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he wrote the book. I can't believe it's, it's bailing on me. Something right. Meaning of Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really important book to read. These intellectuals just are not answering that. What are all these people going to do? They're like, oh, they're going to paint and they're going to create. I'm like, people... At least 50% of the population doesn't want to do that shit, okay? They do not want... They're not creative thinkers. This idea that everyone is going to be creative thinker and everything is going to be magical, like it's a Star Trek universe. They never explain how they go from the 21st century to never having the pay and everyone just works and does what they want. There's no answer. And so these intellectuals are not wrong as we want to reduce the burden on, on society. We want to have more free time. But what are we supposed to do with it? And yeah, it's no almost right out of it. like right out of Marxism, right? Yeah. It's like you know, okay, we no longer need to have go and spend our lives into labor. Now we have all this leisure time, and then we can start doing creative endeavors. It's it, yeah, it's, it sounds but a lot. People don't do that. <laughs> people don't do that. Right? It's, Some yeah, people yeah. will. Like yeah. maybe let's just throw out a number. Thirty percent of people will. Thirty percent. Let's say ten percent of people are innovators, and then of that, well, you say thirty or forty percent of people are creators, and of that, ten percent are innovators. It's the innovators that drive everything, not the creators. Right, the creators right. are just putting out stuff. Okay, now we have fifty million artists. Well, what differentiates one from the other? Right. These are these are ideas that will fail ultimately because they're not answering the question. I'm just painting for the sake of painting. That's yeah. not how we work as a species unless we evolve into something else it's not how we work well we're really in a in an era right now of, of great change right now economically politically and it's just it's yeah. just um and so, especially with ais right now and i and i and i know people who work in in, in ai for yeah. amazon and uh it, and they're very excited about the capabilities but the repercussions are just like it's problematic you know, they're yeah, not answering huge. the questions and uh, you know if you talk to like a Solid, like an economist who is solid. Not all economists are solid, but some of them are. And they're like, well, this is just a natural economic cycle where all sorts of industries fail. It's like, we are failing because you're making us fail. Yeah. That's why, the, you know, whether you, the Great Reset thing, like, whether you want to get in conspiracy, I don't think it's conspiratorial per se. I think that there are companies that have been pushing for this and governments that have been pushing this for a while. And they're using COVID as an opportunity right. to be like, all you guys don't need to do this work. Get out of the way. Well, history says this is how you get massive revolts. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's that tension that's there and nobody's re- no one's resolving that tension in a reasonable way. That's why my motto, I don't know if you saw it, learn martial arts and get guns. This is my new motto. Like, because just in case. Yeah. So, I just, I don't see it. It's a very, very uncertain time, you know? Very much Uh, Very uncertain. Yeah. Interesting times, but very, you know, um, anxiety-ridden, that's for sure. If you want it to be, it will be more than less. I never suffered anxiety in, like, you know, 20 years. And I remember, like, the the first lockdowns happened. Yeah. And I just... I rationalize everything. Everything is okay. I'm doing fine. I have a roof over my head. I'm being fed. I got I got some EI coming in. I'm yeah. good. And I'd wake up at night with my legs shaking. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd have heart palpitations. And I never had that before. And I just realized that it, it was anxiety. Yeah. Like it's just, um, 
they're driving it to. You know, it's yeah. funny. Uh, I don't watch mainstream media, and I was at someone's house, and they have it on all yeah. the time. And I'm like, that's why people are going nuts. Yeah. This 24-hour news cycle is crazy. It's not healthy. Now, like, I actually didn't have that much anxiety from the lockdowns. And if everyone's locked down, it's like that's that doesn't bother me. But it's these pick-and-choose lockdowns that give me anxiety that's not really based on on science. Like, restaurants are allowed to open in Vancouver because they, pr- they provide huge amounts to the GDP. Huge amounts. There's no way bars and restaurants aren't huge spreading places. Mm. Now, with that being said, for Canada, this specific Canada, and it's most likely in most other countries, 70 to 90% of deaths are in long-term care homes. In long-term care homes. Elderly, 70 and older. Right. Why is the healthy average being penalized? for this. This is where my anxiety comes from. It's the picking and choosing, the random illogical rulemaking that drives me nuts. We're all shut down. I didn't have anxiety. And and as an uh, adult male who has unusual confidence for zero reason, uh, I didn't actually think I had anxiety. And it wasn't actually... This year I realized, oh, that feeling I'm experiencing is anxiety. Um, And I didn't really think about it either, right? See, I'm I'm 41, so I grew up at a time where anxiety and depression and all these things were not common well they were but we didn't yeah but we didn't have that information right like we had there was no internet at that time too so it's like you just have to suck it up like that's your own issue it's something wrong with you right and it's uh which is true it's true but like it's like but we didn't have resources to how to cope with these things we didn't have resources on understanding what what exactly is depression anxiety right so it's just uh but now i'm happy to say that we do have because of the internet and because of like more education people people are taking these things very seriously yeah. you know well <clears throat> i think in there, they are. It's good. It's being addressed. I actually think it's being over-addressed. That's it, another it's, thing. It's yeah. causing yeah. actual problems, and you actually see this with teenage girls who are very susceptible to groupthink. Very susceptible, like super. And I, when I, I did, I, I couldn't finish my bad. I got my associates. I just could not deal with third and fourth level students and professors. They're all so anxiety ridden, mm. and they're believing nonsense. And what I'm starting to see is what I, I what I'm seeing, and a lot of people are agreeing is you're they're convinced people they have a problem when they don't now depression is real anxiety is real but people are being convinced they have problems when they don't or it's something they can just suck up and deal with yeah I've, I've met some people like yeah. that. they play the, the victimization yeah, a role. lot of people yeah a lot Man. in the martial arts world it's much less so but when you start going yeah. outside of it yeah you see it a lot like in the office world or in in, in universities yeah. you see it through the roof yeah it's crazy yeah right did you see in America it's totally off topic they caught Chinese spies in, in the US yeah I, I didn't I didn't follow that yeah. but uh, it's a, it's a recent, like, last two days, they they broke it. It's low-level uh, Democrat uh, politicians have been caught. Uh, like, they distanced as soon as they found out, but it basically it's been shown that they've, they've been infiltrated, which starts start, starting to, well, where else were they infiltrated? And this reminds me of in, I don't know, 50s or 60s, where they actually caught, like, 600 Russian spies throughout America, and they arrested all the ones that were involved in uh, the government, but left all the ones... They left like four or five hundred of them out in the public. Well, mm. most of them were in academia, and they they've clearly 
corrupted it right over the last few years that's what that's a theory i think it's what's happened with academia pushing this very left non-logical ideology but now you're starting to see in the in the political party like you know you get a lot of people who are like america's the devil and yeah i don't agree they should be running around the world starting wars and interfering i believe you should take the star trek prime directive approach stop forcing democracy on people who aren't ready for it they're not going to do it properly anyway they, if they want it they want it um but to pretend like every country in the world isn't doing it to each other is so delusional yeah. and as we were talking we feel our our canadian leader is compromised <laughs> as well so oh yeah like i said he's like basically an employee of china right yeah so it's, uh, we've, we've talked about this on our last podcast probably yeah. it's been so it's been long, so long yeah. yeah but yeah yeah Which that is, was just just when he just got elected i think probably yeah, yeah. oh but, i had uh, that that day i had anxiety <laughs> Like, when he got elected the first time, I was freaking out. Because I'm like, I know where this is going. Like, yeah. And exactly what I thought was going to happen, it's happening. And it's just like, uh, and you know, to be fair, I putting this out on the air, I can't go to China. If they ever listen, they'll arrest me. Yeah. Because they now have laws in China saying, if you trash talk us, we'll arrest you if you come right. to China. Which is right. like, what the hell? So no plans to China, right? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I would love to go, but I, uh, you know, my girlfriend's Chinese. Oh, even like Hong still. Kong's going through a, a yeah, it's like I mean, I think uh, Britain and uh, Canada are opening up for Chinese, sorry, uh, Hong Kong refugees, uh, yeah. yeah, which are legit in this yeah. case. Um, yeah. The, yeah. And they're not politicizing it this time because if they do it too publicly, then they get in trouble and then they deal with all the trade wars. Right. Like, I know they were lecturing, uh, China was lecturing our politicians, like, how dare you tell us anything that we don't like to hear? How dare yeah. you? It's like, get the hell out of the country then. Like, the consulate, I think it was the consular or something. Like, shut up, get out. Yeah. Like, they need more of that. Like, don't come to our country and dictate how we are supposed to run it because you don't like it. That's how we run our country. You run your country. How stop interfering with everybody else? Yeah, again, yeah, America did that too, uh, but that—that's the kind of nonsense that needs to stop globally. Yeah. Like, let countries run their own shit, whether you like it or not. And if they tell you to fuck off, then just don't do business with them. Like that whole free yeah. market attitude yeah, yeah. should apply to politics as well. So it's. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, distancing myself from politics especially online yeah you know, it gets it's messy just, it's all that i don't know what's, what's that documentary that everyone's talking about that uh, about social media like, oh the social network yeah no the social dilemma yeah right? social dilemma yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. social network's the other but, one yeah um yeah they were talking about logarithms and yeah. stuff and how that feeds off uh, i thought it was actually a garbage documentary oh, have you seen it yeah i thought the points they're making great it was a garbage documentary because it was 20 minutes interview and information and the rest of the hour and a half or whatever it was was dramatized like actors. Oh, that's too bad. Showing the effects. So it's not really a... It's not a true documentary. Yeah. Now, the Tristan Harris was on Rogan after that and I was like that's what people have to listen to I've quoted him many times at the end of the uh, where I put it out on Facebook where he quoted some author about his comparison of the Brave New World to George Orwell. We're all talking about George Orwell, right. but what's happening is more close to the Brave New World. I actually ended up reading the Brave New World, and the ending, have you read it? Uh, years ago, years ago. The ending is so unsettling, yeah. and I was like angry at the ending. I'm not going to give it away, read the book. I was just like, it's not a clean ending, and we're so used to those clean endings, yeah. and I realized the point of that ending being unsettling, that was the point. Yeah. That this world is psycho. It's like created yeah. a crazy world where they're on this the poor main character gets fucked over and he's just losing his mind in yeah. the end basically something like that 
kind of give it away. It's about Huxley, right? Yeah, yeah all this Huxley. Huxley. Yeah. And it's yeah. like this guy predicted more what's going on now, way more, like 30 years before he was, uh, George Orwell. He was ahead of his time. He, way he, ahead did, of like, his time. Uh, he did like psychedelics and yeah. stuff and mushrooms and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, it's it can be, if you're used to modern books, the language being used, it's hard, it's kind of like hard to Yeah, read. I remember having a tough, it was a tough read at first, but I kind yeah. of got used to it a yeah. little bit. It's because... You know, he wrote it in the 1920s or 30s. Yeah. And he's basically talking about orgies in parts of the book. So he has to be very careful what kind of language he uses at that time not to get the book censored. And it just, as from a modern context, comes off as very, like, dry and, like, why the fuck are they talking? And then he's using old, older English, like English yeah. English. So it's, if you can get past the first third of the book, it actually starts to, like, really pick up. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, the character development kicks in, the world building starts up and then like like that's my nightmare either an Orwellian world or or uh, next week I'm having a guest on from the UK it'll be virtual of course and yeah. then we're gonna do de- martial artists we're gonna talk about that shenanigans so it's <laughs> like, that's my that's my night that's the thing that gives me the most anxiety is that we're gonna turn into a world where I can't get up and make my own decisions yeah right. it seems like that way right like I mean again like in my in my view it's, it's just uncertainty like it's just yeah. it's going through this period of change and we can only speculate on. I mean, we're thinking about the worst case scenarios, yeah. right? And I'm okay, trying to look. Learn martial arts. <laughs> I, I mean, it's part of my lifestyle. So yeah. it's right my next right. pal course is on January twenty uh, ninth and thirtieth. You still got people signed up for that? Or? Should hypothetically, yeah. you, everyone always does the same thing where yeah. they sign up in the last three weeks, and I'm like, guys, I need to know that yeah. there's people in it or I'm canceling it. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more flexible now because I do it out of here now. Okay, that's and good. so it, like, if not enough people show up, it's not a big deal. It's not going to cripple me versus yeah. if I'm renting some absurd place. Believe it or not, finding a place to let you rent to teach a RCMP certified course because it's guns, they're like, nope, we're not doing that here. Oh, really? They yeah. flat out refuse you? Well, they don't, but they do, like, they're yeah, being yeah. subtle. They just ignore you or they don't respond or they're a place that already has somebody. And it's like, dude, you're a private business. You can rent it to me too. No, we're not going to do that. Wow. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> it's just either caught the, and then you know, you can rent like hotel conference centers, but it's yeah. just so expensive. Oh, of course, that's yeah. I'm not going to make any money, guys. I have an actual capacity limit that I'm allowed to have, and even if I wanted to go past that, I can't. I'm one person. Yeah. It's going to take me forever to do it, right? Yeah. For sure. Have yeah. you done it? I can't remember. No, I haven't done it. Oh, no, what? I have done it years ago, yeah. but because um, I was I was applying for a job, but then the job didn't fall through, so oh, I yeah. just kind of ignored it and yeah. then kind of left oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I want to do it up again. It's so. true, though. Once you get one gun, you just... Like, I'm not a huge shooter because I don't have tons of money. Yeah. But every time I do, I'm like, I need another gun. Yeah, just yeah, need, yeah. <laughs> need to get it. <laughs> it's, uh, well, because I hunt now, so it's uh, I'm like, well, if I want to go after this, I need a different caliber. And if yeah. I want to go after that, I need a different... For ethical reasons, you can't use the wrong caliber. So I'm like, oh, well, I need to get another one. And then another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, uh, speaking of uncertainty in the world, you know, we were talking about Kanzuk, right? Like the oh, aliens, yeah, yeah. the alliance between Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand. Um, there's some trade deals happening right now between the UK and Australia. There's some, I think there's one happening right now between uh, the UK and Canada. So that, I mean, since England is moving away from the European Union, they're trying to find another union right now. Um, I mean, a lot of critics say it's silly, you know, and may not work, but, I mean, it seems like there's definitely some something going on there. Well, one thing you can say, again, not an expert, 
actually, I want to talk about experts after. But one thing I could say that globalization and these unions and these trade deals and all this stuff actually destroy the ability of the small business to function. Because yeah, without millions of dollars, how are you going to get through the red tape, the regulations, exactly. all this stuff? So power's been transferred from the national to the super na- uh, national yeah. right now, right? Yeah. So it's like... And they say they support business, but like if you actually look up the definition of, like in Canada at least, small business, like under 50 employees, yeah, well, dipshits, a tech company with 20 employees could be worth a billion dollars. They're not... In this, and you're treating them legally the same as you're treating me. Yeah. Right? I'm obviously not going to say how much I make. It's not a lot. Yeah. Right? And they're crippling our industry with these ridiculous restrictions that are... Yeah. They're baseless. It's complete baseless. Uh, well, I wouldn't say baseless, but their their mentality, why they're doing it is, is wrong. Yeah. It's just, fuck you. Yeah. Pay us to stay closed or fuck off. Um, but, like, you know, the pull them up... The conservative ideology of pull them up by the bootstraps. In theory, I support that. But when you actually take a look at the world around it, you, you literally cannot do that anymore. Yeah. You don't get afforded the opportunities to do yeah. that now because of all the re- these the restrictions and, and everything. And it's actually yeah. because of the left-wing policies and government that get in the way. So a conservative who, who believes in that you can't do that anymore because the systems don't allow it yeah right and I, I was listening I think who did someone had oh uh Anyways, there was uh, the head of Spotify, CEO from Sweden. Right, right. But he said, which I found fascinating, he's just like, you keep calling us a socialist country, but from an economic, I think it was him, from an economic perspective, we have more business economic freedoms than a lot of other places. They are actually, as a small business owner, you will have the same sort of freedoms as a lot of places in the States. Which means, by default, you as a business owner have less red tape and less restrictions in the Nordic countries than you would in Canada, because Canada has a lot of restrictions. So when people are talking about these concepts and ideas, they don't really think that through. And and what he was talking about, which was fascinating, is like, well, being on welfare in Sweden is like not stigmatized. And if you want to be on welfare and you want to pursue a career in arts, you're not making money. Nobody's gonna right. yell at you. Now, I was listening to that. And I'm like, oh, he forgot a very key thing. He means, he's not meaning any malicious about it. Is that it, he's not understanding the cultural difference? Because if an American hears that or a Canadian, they're like, oh, I can just sit on be on welfare yeah. forever. Sweet. It's like, well, he kind of said that, but not really. Because I'm gonna go with if you're sitting on your ass shooting up drugs, doing nothing on welfare, they're not gonna take too kindly. To that in Sweden. What he meant is, if you're doing something creative or productive with your life... Right, yeah. And you're on welfare, you will not be seen as a bum. Right. If you're working towards something, right? If you're doing... If you take a year or two off to be on welfare, to become a musician or become an artist, and you're actually producing and contributing, fine. But I know a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, I don't have to do anything? Yeah. Look at them over there. It's like, dude, they're economically more free. By the way, idiots, they're way more educated, like, per capita over there yeah. a lot like I don't know if you've met people from Sweden or Finland I'm, I'm amazed at their language abilities like I've met very few of them that can't speak more than three languages and a lot of them don't even have accents amazing that's one place I really want to visit yeah. Sweden uh, I don't know any Swe- uh, Swedish people but I mean it's, it just seems very fascinating all yeah. the Nordic countries and yeah, history yeah. is interesting yeah. from Vikings oh, to sure. all of a sudden <laughs> productive uh, global <laughs> partners right yeah raping have you ever seen the show Norseman? 
I, I know about it. I haven't seen it's it. Hilarious. Yeah. They're basically it's like the sweet. I think it's Swedish or Finland that are basically making fun of like the American and British Viking shows, like Vikings right. in the Last Kingdom. Oh, that's great. And just playing with it, and it's they're all it's in English. It's in, all in English, so, but it's made in their countries, so you can't call it cultural appropriation. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> and they're just the writing is so funny, just making fun of like uh, Viking culture and what people think of Viking culture yeah. and like raping and pillaging they're joking about that fact uh, speaking of that like war, up until I think Napoleon if you were a soldier or mercenary you would often get paid in raping and pillaging like as Whoa. a means of being paid yeah. and people don't think about that when they're talking thinking about warriors or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. stuff like that it's like crazy <laughs> contextually so yeah. any predictions for 2021 uh, I hope it's not the same as 2020. <laughs> I mean, everyone's thinking about this year's write-off and next year's going to be better. I mean, I'm like, this could be three years. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, things might, with a vaccine coming out, you know, people things might, calm the fuck down. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus but I mean, Christ. we don't. I mean, we'll see how this vaccine works. Yeah. Um, if things are going to, um, if the restrictions are going to be lifted, um, we're putting all our hopes on this vaccine. That's why I keep telling people, yeah. stop. Yeah. Oh, we'll let you open up in two weeks. We'll come up for the martial arts industry. We're just going to need to close because of the season. We need to give you policies and procedures. Uh, we don't know what policies and procedures. We're going to go another two weeks. Yeah. Oh, another two weeks. Oh, we're just going to close another month. What the fuck? Man, that was a big shit what show. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Yeah, I mean... They, just they, admit, you don't know what you're doing. They don't. They and don't. you don't want to take the risk because you're cowards. They it's didn't like, know. Jesus they Christ. couldn't differently. Like, remember when judo was open? Yeah. Right? All the martial arts were closed. Oh, we're going to allow judo. The Olympics, be- for those who yeah. don't know what happened in BC, judo, karate, and taekwondo, Olympic sports, who are under these provincial sports organizations, which are subsidized by the governments because they're Olympic sports. And like, judo BC is not for profit. Uh, the other, taekwondo and karate. Karate, I'm not sure about. Taekwondo is definitely for profit. Um, but they basically had special rules set. Everyone else had to close but them. And we're like, if this is about health, we can follow their rules. No, 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 no. You don't have a provincial... These are the lawyers yeah. getting involved in this shit. Fuck off. If this is about health, yeah. if they're allowed to... And basically what happened is people got so mad about this, instead of just letting everyone follow the policies, they just shut everyone down. Yeah. It's like, you lazy, lazy people. Yeah, so now judo is closed right yeah. now. Everything's uh, closed. Yeah, and uh, taekwondo was also under via sport as well, yeah. so they could allow... They could tell the taekwondo yeah. people to, to yeah. close down, and but the judo guys are okay, which yeah. is, involves more physical contact. Yeah. Everything that you are espousing that is that bad political hack oh my god yeah and uh, I mean I I make I make some of my money doing uh, one on one privates which are allowed right now but I mean I still don't think is is fair to the other other martial arts groups even yoga and and other fitness people right it's yeah yeah, completely absurd well you know I'm not going to name a name but there is a local person who had a very big global well still does had a very big global audience in a community that we know and this individual is being such an arrogant prick, a scientific elitist. I'm sure you know who I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I, I'm sorry, he's, he's being a prick. And he's, he's not being rational. He's being a tunnel vision asshole. I understand the science too, dipshit. Okay? Yeah. He was on a rant recently about, well, Joe Rogan and J.P. Sears and all these people who are anti-establishment are promoting, uh, have a healthy immune system and exercise as a means of fighting off COVID and they all make money off of supplements. Their opinion is invalid. I'm like, 
What the yeah. fuck are you, Mr. Science? Yeah. You dipshit. Have you listened to Rhonda Patrick, who is a phenomenal researcher? If more researchers were like her, we wouldn't have this dipshit problem. She basically lays out the science of having a healthy immune system will fight this off. The science is there, you piece of shit. Yes, they are making money off of supplements. I don't, I'm not taking their supplements. They're not wrong about what they're saying about how the healthy immune system. And actually, Rogan had one guy on who's probably going to be in the Biden administration if that whole thing happens. Who the fuck knows? Um, who basically kind of acknowledged the point about why aren't governments promoting healthy lifestyles and healthy living more as a means right, to fight this right. off. That the science is there. It's actually not debatable well, anymore. Well, even pre-COVID, there were, it was there. It was exalting the all the research that yeah. you know fights depression and all this. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm 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 a testament to that too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it works right. Yeah. And now that COVID hit, oh, they don't even talk about immunity at all. Yeah, like it doesn't any, exist. Yeah, like it's funny. Within a year, you know, we had all this research, all this documents. All these, all these things, and then COVID hit. Boom! Not nothing mentioned about immunity. Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. COVID's going to hit you whether you're, you know, immune compromised or not, right? Yeah. And it's like, and you know, I'm fairly sure my girlfriend was in China in like October. We're fairly sure she got it then. Yeah. Right. We're both reasonably healthy people. If yeah. I had it way back then, it wasn't a big deal. I had a. Uh, friend who was severely sick in uh, December of 2018. Okay, and he said he I never experienced a yeah. flu like that in my life. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Okay? Yeah. In December of 2018, he could and he didn't. I don't know if he traveled in the states or not. I can't remember, but um, he came back and he's and you know what? Now looking back, he said I might have had COVID. Yeah, you know, it may be me. It's hard to but say. We don't with know. That, but yeah. he said I've been sick before, yeah. but this was like. Yeah. Horrible. He had all the symptoms of what they describe as COVID. But yeah. like, uh, well, they just, initially they were saying everything is COVID. Yeah, it's like, yeah. guys, cut the bullshit. Yeah. And now there is, I was reading, they did finally figure out why some people have crazy whack symptoms. Is that uh, for whatever reason, for some people, it, like apparently it comes in through the nose, not the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it comes in through the nose and it can penetrate into your brain through the, the soft palate. Right, right. So for some people it can get in there directly and that's where they're getting all these whack symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But from that may be true for some people, and it sucks for the vast majority. The vast, vast, vast majority. That's not the case. Yeah. It's like I have someone, a friend who uh, tested positive. Their whole family is on quarantine right now. If they're still doing quarantines for 14 days in Canada, you're not following the science because the science actually says seven to 10 days now. So if they're still doing the 14 day, it just shows you how slow our medical system is here in Canada. Update. Mm. But she's like, I feel like I have the flu. I'm like, you might have the flu. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm yeah, like, it could be just a regular. And flu. I said, do you what kind of testing did they do? They do there's two types. They're doing the quick nasal swab and. But they're basically doing something called PCR testing, which the creator of the fucking test said, why are you using my test for this? It cannot tell the difference between the coronavirus strains, meaning common cold and flu or coronavirus strains and also that. Yeah, and COVID-19, right? Like, it's like, how do you, like... <laughs> you could have mirrors or a SARS-CoV-1, which those two will fuck you up if you get them. Like 40 or 50% yeah. death rate if you get them, even for healthy people. And you could have that and not know. Right. Right? It's yeah. like, 
It's because they don't want to spend the money and resources appropriately to do the correct testing, which can tell the difference. Because they have to do a swab, you have to wait three days for the lab to get back to you, and then it'll tell you one way or the not. Yeah. So you're seeing this. Obviously, you're seeing the spike now because it's cold and flu season, and they're using testing that can't tell the difference. And so a lot of people who just have cold and flu are going to test positive for uh, corona, which is why people from the start were like, "This is not flu-like." Well, it's not the flu, but it's a cousin of the flu, so it's a reasonable comparison. Like, I don't understand. So how are you dealing with the corona thing in your business right now? Like, uh, uh, one of the steps that you're doing to stay alive I cannot, right now? I cannot keep doing this financially yeah. for another. If they keep us locked down for another three months, I'm fucked. Right? Yeah. I don't... Like, we're in Canada. They give you federal funding if you qualify. I might... I've been trying to qualify for months. But I, I'm too small a business, and then I don't make enough. I make too much money for some of these other subsidies, yeah. and I'm in a. You're probably in the same boat yeah. where yeah. you don't qualify, and it's like you. It's really they don't care. They're, it's the actuarial decisions they're making yeah. that they don't actually give a shit if an entire industry is wiped out. Because like that's the progress of humanity. That's the way it is. I'm like, it doesn't need to be like that. And fuck you, right? It's not well, smart decision making. Myself, I'm in a fortunate position. Like I mean, my rent is not too high where, yeah. I'm, where I'm at and um, I'm actually getting a lot of calls for one-on-ones yeah. so that's that's positive oh there's hunger I get yeah. I had to put on my website I can't take new students obviously right now yeah um there's a demand. Yeah, people are realizing like they're, they're going nuts. Yeah. Like it's like I have to go to the gym and I got to burn this off, and yeah. I don't care how much I pay. I just need that one hour, yeah. uh, maybe two hours in the week yeah. to do that. And um, I got some judo clients. I got some people for fitness. I got people for jujitsu. Even though we can't do contact, like, we're doing fundamental movements and, and concepts. Yeah. And also like the idea of just working with someone in person. Like you yeah. can't. Like I mean, I understand businesses doing. Zoom Zoom classes and stuff that's that's they great don't. yeah but you they know don't. what that gets tiring yep. so quick i've been I mean, doing them within two weeks of the yeah. first lockdown i've been doing zoom class i have not yeah. stopped doing zoom classes initially you get like 20 percent of your students and yeah. then it's down to the same five people, five over people. Over. and i have yeah. one of my instructors who has a global organization initially yeah had like 100 people on his things and it's down to like 10 or 15 people yeah i'm one there there's a time difference issue that's why i don't do it it's like six or and seven like in the morning working out in your like living that. room yeah you know it's, it's just a different environment like it's just like but you know but i found that working with someone one-on-one yeah. even if it's like social distancing workouts is um it's quite beneficial. Yeah. Like uh, oh, yeah. pe- people get a lot more, getting more social interaction. When the lockdowns happened early this year, the one thing I looked forward to was that one hour on a Thursday afternoon when my buddies would come over and we'll go to the park yeah. and we'll socially distance doing a workout yeah. outside. Yeah. And man, like it, it was, it, it meant the world to me. That was awesome. I get to interact with someone, even if from a distance. And then we're doing workouts, we're doing pushups, doing squats, we're doing running, we're doing laps, and. Um, it was great, you know, and then, um, but, you know, I don't think you can do that in the comfort of your home, man. Like, it's no, just, you like, can't. Over on a computer like, screen. Like, I live uh, in an apartment, and I was, uh, a couple of the days I had to run the Zoom class out of the apartment. It's like, dude, I can barely sprawl. I don't have room. Yeah. Like, these, these are just delusional thinking. Yeah. Like, promote healthy living. Like, they're promoting all the environmental stuff, which yeah. hypothetically translate into healthy living, and yet you're, that, like, the whole fat shaming thing. I don't know what your stance on that. I like, <laughs> Avoided, but it's like, like <laughs> dude, lose weight. It's unhealthy, especially in a socialized. I don't understand system. why people have medical conditions. I get it, right? Some do, yeah. yeah some like, do. I mean, you can't. Sure. It could be a glandular problem, right? Yeah. But like, um, yeah. But I mean, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get there, yeah. uh, Jonathan. I'm too too cowardly to 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 address that right now. In a minute, no. <laughs> um, like for me, preventative medicine is not uh, what I get out of COVID. Is that the Western medical system, while it had brought us out of squalor and brought mm-hmm. us out of of the global poverty, is is anti-preventative medicine. And what you're seeing from COVID is the corruption of the industry in the Western medicine. You're seeing that it's not as good as it should be in Western medicine. If you truly gave a shit about your populace and your fucking dollars, the taxpayer dollars, they would every year for every person do annual full blood work, not just the dinky like, oh, you did the thing. The full blood lock compared to your genetic markers, they can actually tell you Hey, you shouldn't be eating this food for your body. Hey, you should be eating this food. They, that, and they don't that's do that. Excellent. They should do that. They don't like, do it. Yeah. Why? Because a lot of doctors will lose jobs. They, we don't. You know who's going to get phased out is fucking doctors. <laughs> you know how many times I've been wrongfully diagnosed <laughs> yeah. by doctors? They don't know oh. what the fuck they're talking about. They're out of information's out of date. They're egotistical. Oh, when I had my concussion, yeah. like they had no idea. Do the what scan. Would... Do the scan. Do the scan. But, but right, the, scan the scan tells you nothing. It can, but if they have to know how to read it. Yeah. Right. But just out of my symptoms, like, and it was really bad, Jonathan. Yeah. This was really bad. I was suffering a lot. And, um, and they just kind of like just didn't know what to do. They just said, just go home and rest. And it's, it's like, but the research says you should not be going home and rest. You should be doing something active, like we yeah. going for walks, get some blood going into your brain. Yeah. Um, well, they give antiquated advice. That's, it, that's what they told when they didn't understand it. Now they understand. They're it's twenty to twenty-five uh, years behind the times. I would say, well, yeah. be a little nice. I think Canada is ten to fifteen years behind on average. But still, that's a long time. Like that's yeah. yeah. They still have to keep up with the concussion. Like I went right to now. my doctor, like at the beginning of the year, just before COVID. And me and my girlfriend were experimenting with different diets, and we did uh, this uh, stricter than keto, fish only. I, I had to get off that one fast. My body was like, I like, I am a meat eater. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. switched over to keto, and after a, a little while, um, I was like, I, I just go get some blood work, right? And just make sure nothing's too crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, and I've switched doctors a couple times since my old doctor just retired. I'm like, fuck, because he used to just understand, no, John's not a hypochondriac. If he comes in, he's already he knows what he's talking about. Now I cannot get a doctor that understands, listen, dude, I don't come for nothing. I've done my research. Anyways, this new doctor, I'm like, hey, I'm, I've changed my diet. It's a temporary thing. I'm on a high-protein diet. I just want to make sure things aren't, like, crazy out of whack. No problem. Uh, comes back. I think you need to come in and talk to me. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what's wrong? He's like, you have really high LDL cholesterol. I'm like, so? He's like, you need to go on stands. I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, did you listen to what I told you about me being on a high-protein diet? Of right. course that's going to spike. He's like, you need to go on stands. You're going to drop dead. Like, I have some heart history in my family. I'm like, you're wrong. He's like, I'm a doctor or something. I'm like, have you read the modern research on this stuff? You're wrong. He's like, well, I have to. probably annoyed the fuck out of him. <laughs> no, he's like, I have have to do what the Canadian Doctors Association uh, tells me to do, even if he knows I'm right. Yeah. Because it's actually with the current another doctor did this in America. I forgot. I think it was on Ben Greenfield. He was talking about how he was on a similar thing. He's pretty much all keto. Um, and he had his colleagues saying, "You're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. Your cholesterol's through the roof." He said, "No, I'm not." Because he's a doctor, he's like, do the, the actual artery test yeah. where they check your arteries. Zero plaque, zero cholesterol. Wow. He's like, I'm not going to drop dead. Like, stop your bullshit. Yeah. Right? And, and in Canada, our medical system is 10 to 15 years. What I find so mind-boggling 
is how much, like hundreds of millions of billions of dollars did you spend bailing out all the businesses that you fucked over that you could have taken that money, put it into the hospital system? Yeah. You can do field hospitals. You can go buy a fucking warehouse that you can profit off later, get the taxpayer money back, turn it into a temporary ICU for like a thousand beds. You know what they're probably going to say in Canada specifically, we don't have enough doctors. Yeah. It's like, first of all, nurses can do the job, get over yourselves. And second of all, why aren't there any doctors? Well, there's a shortage. Why is there a shortage? It's an artificially created shortage yeah, yeah. due to corruption in Canada. Yeah. I've been conf- a lot of people have told me this under, off the record. That's the problem. Yeah. And I think people need to be... It's really, it's really sad to see, you know, how people lose faith in the institutions, yeah. you know, that no one trusts the media, no one trust, trusts the healthcare system, no one yeah. trusts the government, no one, you know, it's just... Um, it's not that I don't trust. I, well, I well like, governments inherently yeah. are, when they become bureaucratic. Yeah. Or, with, with the healthcare system, it's that they're not trying anymore. Yeah, I, I can They've attest to that. Out. I've like you know, as a martial artist, you know, as a, as a combat athlete, yeah, I got a lot of injuries, and, yeah. I, and I know what these injuries are, yeah. and I'm being misdiagnosed, and they're like, one, I had torn my ACL, and, I, and the doctor said it's psychological. It's oh, I had a similar fine. story too, and it's just like, no, it's not psychological. My 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 leg is literally buckling yeah. out, and I can't walk properly. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's, it's so patronizing. Yeah. It just what we learned horrible. is if you're not going in screaming in pain, they triage you. I had like, to lie eh. to him. I had yeah. to lie to him yeah. and say, look, I cannot sleep at night. You know, yeah. I need to work. I need this for a job. Okay, well, I'll reference you to a to a, uh, a knee specialist yeah. that can do that. And they're uh, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they're like, how come you didn't come in sooner? Yeah. I said, like, couldn't. It's the frontline doctors are the worst. And and unfortunately, that's who we're listening to right now, the ER doc. I understand you were overwhelmed yeah. in your ER, and it sucks. Your anxiety and your depression and your being exhausted, overworked, it's, I'm sorry, it does not translate into everyone else needing to go bankrupt. Yeah. Because the system you're in is fucked. And people are like, you're being insensitive. You did this. I'm like, no, you're being insensitive. You're not acknowledging you're having psychological trauma right now and you're screaming at everyone else because of it. And you don't care that businesses go bankrupt and industries go yeah. bankrupt and families are going to go starving because you're a little stressed. This is what you're there for. It's like when I was a soldier, I actually didn't like it when people called me a hero. It's like, dude, I literally have not done anything to justify that. I'm just doing my job. A lot of cops and a lot of firefighters feel the same way, is that when you are just doing your job and you haven't done anything way out of the way, you're an ER doctor, I'm sorry, you should expect the shit. What do you think is going to happen when the big earthquake happens in yeah. Vancouver? What do you think is going to yeah, happen? Yeah, it's just like, you know, you, you chose a job, you, 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 you've accempted the life that you chose, you know, yeah. this is, and, you know, but it's, uh, yeah. Like, and I get it, you guys are the most at risk, right? That's yeah. why they're going to get the vaccine first, it makes sense, but you are penalizing everyone else for your life choices and the fact that all the doctors and nurses aren't meaningfully standing up yeah. to the system and saying enough's enough. They are, but they're in a predicament ethically is where if they actually do what's needed saying we're not doing our job anymore, fuck you, people die and they don't want to do that, but that's why the governments milk them and manipulate yeah. them and that's why they need to potentially after this say, you know what, fuck you. Everyone can die for all we care if you don't fix the system. I mean, it's a very extreme, yeah, very extreme, but that's how else are they going to fix it? Like if they don't say the system's broken. We all know our system's broken and we're, we're, what is anyone yeah. doing about it it's crazy oh i know it's frustrating you know it's frustrating but uh yeah let's bring it back to martial arts man sure yeah 
<laughs> well, just for anyone listening, what I was telling Sonia before is for me, it's very important as a martial artist to be the warrior scholar. Yes, that's right? a very important theme because, like, you gotta really stand up to like, um, well, a lot of the manipulation and misinformation that's yeah. coming out there and, from all, yeah, from all, all, all ends, all, all, all ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. But yeah, the, the warrior scholar. Who's who would be your idols then in in the martial arts world, if if you're looking up from that perspective? Like who like would you currently? Yeah. If I can't, I can't even name you one. I mean, well, who would you think? Well, what do you think? In Kramaga, I don't really have any because I don't think there's anyone that stands out. It's more of a holistic thing. In, in jiu-jitsu, like, I do not idolize. I don't idolize nobody. No. But, like, I, I do like I, Gordon Ryan like yeah. and those guys. Like, I, I am, to be honest, I am not the kind of guy who's going to sit down. Like, I've, I'm like, oh, I'll pay for the video. I'm not going to watch them. I am just not, for whatever reason, I'm not going to sit there and watch 10 hours a day or 10 hours or 20 hours a week of videos on how to do it. It's never been me. I'm a, I will learn as I go. Is it the most efficient way of learning? No. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate, you know, what they're teaching. Because that one class I did with John Danaher, I got a lot out of it, even though it didn't materialize for like a year. I'm watching that stuff, and that is like... Oh, close to like ten hours of material, yeah. and there's like maybe eight chapters, yeah. um, most generally, you know, five to eight chapters. So what I do is like I go through each chapter and I try it out in class, and it's a very long process. Like you're trying to make these techniques work, you're trying to get the concepts and applying it in class, and then when it starts working, certain things are start clicking, then I will progress, right? And um, that's what I'm doing right now. So it's it's an extremely long process, but at least I can say that I've under understand the material and I'm actually implying it yeah. and it's changing my game well I, I haven't rolled with you in a long time but you're very good like oh, you're a you. very good grappler so don't don't sell yourself short there, uh, there's there's people that kick me up yeah but they're ass, like, like yeah, yeah but like um, they're the elite yeah. guys but the average like I struggle against you at least yeah. when I've rolled against yeah. you previously especially the leg lock stuff I suck at that yeah <laughs> now I've got wrestling to add now so yeah. it's gonna be especially the wrestling groundwork is something that's really I'm really fast fascinated with right now it's just um all the funk rolling and all the bottom bottom wrestling positions when someone gets you like in a in a uh, front headlock position you clear the ties and you got to fight for that single leg from the bottom um start winning those scramble positions uh the dog fights i mean that's that's i mean i'm watching a lot of a lot of videos i'm studying a lot of tape on that stuff it's uh yeah, it was really, really interesting. You know, speaking of front of headlock, I had an interesting situation that occurred to me, late, or occurred. So there's a front headlock guillotine, which yep. is a standing position. We have defenses in Krav Maga, and what the first of which means is you're going for the groin and, and, and like sort of bridging forward throughout as well. So I was going up against a very strong, very athletic white belt, who if I'm on an off day, he's like, it's a nightmare for mm. me. And uh, I went to go do the defense for Krav because I'm like, oh, shit he cranked it hard yeah hesitated went to do like the where you posture up yeah too strong choked me out and i'm like well i tapped out i, yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah. Have to choke out don't tap tap utterly tap often don't let yourself get put out and it's just like holy shit like that that the the hesitation because i my, my brain was confusing rule sets yeah yeah and i'm like fuck and i could see myself in slow-mo like crap my god grind no don't do that oh what's the jujitsu one uh 
that's one of the limitations of <laughs> yeah. like um, cross training. Of, 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 yeah, even just training, um, you know, reality-based martial arts is like um, you 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 okay with that term? Reality-based? Sure, yeah, 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 that's fine. As long as you, it's like people get too ridiculous, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, good, it's a reasonable way to put it. Yeah, yeah, but like that—that's how I've yeah. um, conceptualized it. But anyway, like yeah, then you, you're pl- you're playing within a set of rules, yeah. but at the same time you're thinking self-defense. Like that's a that's a. It's kind of a hurdle that you have to get over, right? It like, can uh, be, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Uh, it, it is a struggle for a lot of people. Though. I've I've known people that can't can't change that switch. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's either all or nothing, right? Yeah. So either I'm gonna go. Well, for me, even in self, like even in situations I've had, it doesn't happen very often. But like in person, like. I, for me to actually engage on the street, it, you gotta really be threatening me. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I, but I've known Kramaga people who they don't have they, they can't do that. Yeah. Like they go right away to like, like stopping, turn, like turn the on, turn switch. it on. Yeah. Right. But and, and I can do it if I feel my life is threatened. But yeah. in Canada here. Like, yeah. when the fuck does that happen? <laughs> like, yeah. Not very often. Yeah. Usually I'll get the spidey Could change, senses. could change. I mean, yeah. um, there's a lot of irate people right oh, now on, under COVID. And, yeah. you know, um, uh, I knew a, a guy who's... I'm a, waiting for the American Civil War. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy who's, I know, he's a park ranger. Yeah. And uh, he has a deal with, like, he just told this one guy, hey, your dog's off the leash. You had to put their dog on a leash. The guy just blew flipped. up on him, flipped he on him. He pulled a Karen. Told him, like... Hey, <laughs> What's the male version of Karen? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> told him, like, he's like, I, yeah, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's go fight right now. Yeah. And he's like, dude, like, I'm not doing that. I'm socially distant. I'm just asking you to put a leash. And he was ready to fight. Yeah, but yeah. then he said, when he said, no, I can't, he called him a pussy. Um, because <laughs> it's just like, so like this social distancing thing is just making people nuts. Yeah. yeah. Making, bringing out the worst in people. Right. You know, and they're yeah. getting away with it because, yeah. you know, people are like, well, I don't want to engage in this, in this, in this thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Like, um, turning the on switch, like that's, Kill, go. I find like like again like if you if you train combat sports and you're competing, right? I find that that helps you condition yourself to deal with what you're going through in your head, dealing with the stress hormones and all that. And you can turn that on switch when you need to, right? You got to be familiar with that with that with that state of mind and also in that 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 type of arena. And then, yeah. now I don't know how that would translate because I, I mean self defense is not my specialty, yeah. but like. Do you find any merit to that? Like how competition in sports yes uh, and no. can, can um, translate into self-defense, right? So regardless of whether reality-based, Krav Maga, uh, Tony Blair's spear system, jiu-jitsu, the one thing you're going to get consistently is essentially exposure therapy for your nervous system. It's one of the biggest problems that people experience uh, in conflict is their nervous system jacks up the fight right. or flight like the buzzing yeah and if you haven't gotten used to that unless you're like just one of those zen people which you, everyone like loves but hates at the same yeah. time that's just as calm and you're like how the fuck can you be like that but unless you're one of those people you need to get used to the stressors and it, competition it's, a, it's not the same. It's, it, nothing will be the same as true life and death, but it's similar in, from a nervous system perspective. And, you know, when I was talking about conceptual, one of the things I need to train them is their nervous system. The techniques are like, you're learning the techniques and that's what I'm teaching you, but really what I'm teaching you is your nervous system control, right? right? And so I, some people, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how much you train, you're never going to get it. They're just, there's something missing. No, I totally agree. That's why I'm yeah. saying, like, um, that, like you're talking about, like, yeah. the nervous system, like... 
when I'm in competition or when I had my first MMA fight, it was like everything was in slow motion. Yeah. And it, I was on autopilot. Yeah. I did not know what I was doing, but yeah. I was moving. I was I was punching, kicking. Yeah. I was throwing. But if you ask me what happened in that fight, I completely forgot. I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. But I mean, I, I could, of course, I could. That, win. by the way, is what I would call condition black. Now, traditionally, in the mental color code, traditionally, it's you fail to function. But to me, it's when your conscious isn't there anymore. You're not. Right. You're not doing conscious decision making. I was fully right. conscious. Yeah. I was witnessing. witnessing but you don't myself. remember. But I don't remember. Yeah. 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 But everything was working fine. Like I, I was. You know? Yeah, and I would say, you know, I what's 2019 Worlds? Yeah, 2019 World Masters. Uh, even though I, I won my first match, lost my second match, and I was I shouldn't have lost. I fucked up. So mad. But I had a revelation afterwards. Um, my mental state wasn't really where it needed to be for a competition. Like, and I have actually done a competition once where my mental state was not there. Like, some life shit was going on, and it just, like, I could not, like, I lost a match I should not have lost. But after the world last year, like, I fixed, I realized I was doing the common mistake of your fighting to not lose not fighting to win yeah and i didn't realize i'd been doing that and then i finally fixed it and then you know covid happened i was gonna do 2020 my big my big and and, you know for me like without comp i noticed without the competitions for me i'm not training that much because i'm not a naturally i'm not one of these people who needs to train which sounds horrible as a coach but i'd rather i'd take more joy out of developing people but like mm-hmm. without that goal setting without that building it's like for me but I realized that mental game of it and I and like we were talking about before like some people are really good in the gym they just can't yeah can't realize you need to calm down and, and through exposure just really consciously acknowledge that uh, aspect of it in order to improve yourself because you can have all the skill in the world but if you can't apply it when you need to it's irrelevant Right, right. right. So I don't know if that kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. I'm yeah. Real, I'm just really trying to understand like that mindset, like that nervous system stuff. It's actually a topic I should really try to research a little bit more. But we were talking about Joe Rogan's response to oh, Kramer. to Kramer because <laughs> I, I was listening to Lex Friedman's uh, podcast yeah. and Joe was on it and Lex I was, and, and he, he just flippantly said um, yeah Kramaga is like ineffective or yeah. something like that you need to have something that's uh, you need to fight resisting yeah. opponents one of my was, students lost his yeah. shit about and it's, <laughs> it's, it's and, and then they went on like I don't know like five or ten minutes about it and he's then, right and he's wrong. He's both. Yeah, like I mean, I, like I mean, I'm not a Krav Maga guy, but I do understand like there's different levels and yeah. there's different types of Krav Maga, and, and it's very different how it's trained in the military yeah. as, as it is to for civilians, right? And I think he's conflating it all as the well. Same if he's thing, in right? LA, a large percentage of the schools were shit. They're shit. Okay, that's the probably where the he's instructors from. may be great martial artists. They're they're not teaching Krav Maga. They're not. Yeah, I don't know what the f- they're teaching soccer mom self defense. So what's your response to, to Joe there? I, uh, he's right and he's wrong. Someone like Joe Rogan is going to be able to defend himself, whether it's on the street or on the ground. Some of these Brazilian MMA fighters, yeah, good luck to the average Krav Maga fighter. If they grew up in the favelas, they're going to fuck you up, okay? Um, It really depends on your instructor in Krav Maga and what they're doing and how much time. Like, the average mixed martial artist will probably fuck up the average Krav Maga person. Because this attitude that Krav Maga people have that 
well, I can just hit you in the nuts of the eyes, and I can win. Is well, if they're a trained fighter, maybe. With that being said, if I hit you in the nuts or eyes and it stuns you, I have a, my best chance is to bail. Yeah. And that is can happen. Now, if I smoke you in the nuts, I've seen MMA fighters hit the ground. Now they're fucked now. Yeah. They're fucked. Because now I can stomp your face in. Um, but guess what? What if they're one of those MMA fighters that can take a nut shot? There's people who can. So a good Krav Maga person needs to realize, do I stay or do I run? Because the old school Krav Magas always go forward, which we do want to do if you have to, because the, it's the overwhelming your opponent's nervous system for a 10, 15 second. We're not training to fight five, five minute rounds. We're training for a 30 second, like insane thing to create our space. If we have to fight more than that, it's a problem. Something's gone wrong. There's just an overemphasis in, in the kill. Now, in the Krav Maga world up until recently, you, the attitude towards grappling was very negative because don't go to the ground. Mm. And this, the organizations that were integrating uh, grappling into the programs, I thought, looked too much like MMA. Mm. Like, oh, we're going to teach you how to pull a triangle. It's like, in most scenarios, it's not appropriate. I mean, I'm a grappler, yeah. and I know I will not do uh, like, submissions on the street like I would not no. probably not do that especially yeah. heel hooks because I will never do a heel hook someone on the street yeah. uh, even in self-defense because they're not going to feel that they're, they're, well, they're, actually, their knee will pop heel hooks are actually probably one of the better things if you go on the ground yeah we're not going to get punched in the face or yeah. kicked in the face if you have uh, double lever control yeah. on, on the person but like I mean if I pop the guy's knee you know like most people don't feel heel hooks unless it pops right it, it depends on the person well right? here's how I would like I'm going to teach it at the higher levels because there's because there are scenarios where you get punched, you drop, they're standing over you, about to stomp you. Right. That's the perfect time no, to do it. No, that's totally heel great scenario right, right there. Yeah. So you go grab, you pull the heel hook, you crank it as hard as you fucking can, and then kick them off. They can't chase you. Right. They'll try. They're not going to catch up. Yeah. Right. So it's knowing how to apply the technique. So let's take a, take a look at triangles, for example. Jiu-jitsu people need to stop with the triangles. If it's a one-off seminar, I'm going to teach you how to do a triangle, and you're going to defend yourself. Dude, do you know how long it took me to be able to lock triangles on people? I have tiny little stubby legs, and I have bad knees. So if the person has two broad shoulders, I cannot do it. So imagine somebody who's tiny, like a 100-pound girl trying to do it on a 200-pound guy with broad shoulders, and they've only learned it yeah. in one seminar. Fuck off. Yeah. Right? And you got the slams too, right? Like yeah. Yeah, with, yeah which happened right recently. Now. With that being said, there are scenarios where a triangle can be useful. However, you gotta be like five years of practice yeah. for the triangle. Which for like, while I don't mind teaching it to my advanced students, like I know it's easy to teach. It's not easy to do in practice. Right. Right. Now, a, a, a girl goes in, has been doing jujitsu for five, ten years, is in a rape scenario in a private bedroom. Now a triangle is a useful yeah. thing. Yeah. Right? I saw a video, uh, it was in an elevator. There is the famous one where the girl fucking judo throws him right, right into the right. wall, which yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. great. Um, but there was another one. She pulled guard and put him in a triangle. Right. The the issue is it's not the techniques, it's how you teach it. Right. Knowing Kramaga doesn't make you infallible. Like Joe Rogan is right about the average MMA fighter. If they're professional, it's gonna yeah. fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Like I have no delusions. If I go fight Day and Kaige, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I can't beat that guy. Right. Yeah, when we roll in jujitsu, he's like, Duh, you're a fucking tough little fucker, but I know yeah. if it's a real fight, I'm not beating him. And he's got, got more chance. tools. Yeah, he's got more tools and he's conditioned. He's conditioned, yeah. he trains nonstop, he's one of the best strikers in Canada yeah. his jiu-jitsu is solid it's fuck yeah I rolled with him he's really good he's tough he's man really 
You know, I mean, to me, I'll take the compliment. I make make him work for it. But you know, <laughs> uh, I'm under no delusions. He's a bigger guy than me. Like yeah. I'm not delusional, and I think a lot of Kramaga people are a little bit delusional. And with that being said, Joe Rogan's flat out like fuck Kramaga is is not true. Yeah, because if you also look up. Um, MMA people who've been piped in the back of the head or stabbed or shot. Right. They don't know what to do. Well, who's that guy that? who got robbed in his own house? John Jones was making fun of him. Uh, um, and there's a the guy who tried to rob Tim Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I didn't hear about that one. That did. He chased him out of the like he yeah. chased him down the alley with a gun in his hand. He's in yeah. Texas, so capital well, laws. Well, this MMA fighter, <laughs> I think someone broke into his house, and then uh, the guy. Ex- oh, I remember. Yeah, that the guy explained like I, my skills. Was like, that Anthony Smith? I think it was him. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was talking about like, hi, that was a really hard fight. Like uh, he was like really legitimately like. It's a situational adrenaline. He was trying, right? And, um, yeah. Because there's factors in that scenario that people don't really think about. It's like, you're in your own house. There's a part of your brain that's like, don't break things, don't break things, don't break things. There's a good chance I need to put their head through the drywall. Right. Right now. I'm going to fucking do that. And I'm pretty sure my girlfriend would do actually. Well, and if, but, if it's dark and it's know, like... Uh, a lot she- of people... Like, I had a student once in... Like, I would actually flip a coin in a real fight because he's bigger than me, he's stronger than me. But he put... I was showing a technique and he just... He's, he's 200 pounds, super athletic, very strong. He put me in some... I forgot, I was in side control he, and he just got my head in a crank in some way. I could not turn my, my neck. Which means that he's got my posture, right? right? My my alignment. Yeah. The techniques fail. It's not the technique that failed. It's that the techniques will hit a point where they fail. So how did I get out of it? I just said, okay. And I grabbed his ear and pulled it as hard as I Mm. could. And he immediately let go because he's not used to that. Right. Right. And so it's, again... I can be the most proficient fighter in the world, but if my mind isn't in the right way to take it to that that darkness, right. there is a limit. Again, as I said, if you're a Brazilian fighter who grew up in the favelas yeah. and yeah. is now a trained MMA fighter, oh, Kramaga people are not going to do well against that because yeah. they are they have the will to fuck you up, like take a Wanderlei Silva in a street right, fight. Right, right, right. I don't want to fight that guy. And those guys in the Faleva, this man. Oh my God, I think I just saw on Facebook these these guys literally robbed a store yeah. and they Facebook lived the whole thing and they had like guns out of their cars and everyone in the Faleva was cheering them yeah. on. It was just, just such a crazy video. I think obviously it's taken off Facebook, but yeah. I saw that and I'm it's like a, that 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 world. is a, that is nutty. And um, a lot of people that went to Brazil that I know and they're they're, they're pretty hardened fighters. They're very skilled, but they said they were legitimately scared in yeah. some areas like they were like if like you've been were, out of it for too long oh yeah. you don't go to you don't like you know what pisses me off when people in Vancouver are like oh it's so dangerous I'm like no it's not no it's like, not like as annoying as some of the homeless people are here I'm not scared of them well they're quite harmless you yeah know? here yeah, yeah here in, they are in parts of the states they're not harmless yeah. like if you go down to like Compton like they're like they'll come at oh, you oh you're bro. at their like, territory right like, like you're not holy shit like this just does it, like you know I'm gonna talk a difference like actually just looking at homeless people here and in the states there is a noticeable difference mm. in their health a noticeable difference in their behavior right and people here it's a safe city and they get like like I don't like them in my face get out of my face leave me alone but I, I'm not worried in, yeah. in the 9 out of 10 interactions that they're going to shank me even if they're yeah. just going off on a schizophrenia rant on me I, I'm not that worried here mm. other places I've been I'm like I, they might shank me yeah. right and, and then you go to a place like that or parts of Africa or parts of Europe 
you know, parts of Europe, you get yeah. body, like body snatchers straight up in parts of Europe too. And it's like you gotta be careful. And, and you know, people here, it's probably why Krav Maga is not very popular here, yeah. other than they don't yeah, know yeah. it's just not a dangerous place. It's like a hobby, right? Oh, Krav Maga, it's yeah. fitness. Which and is everything. the wrong, yeah. it's the Americanized Krav Maga was a business model. Right. So and the they, marketing yeah. has gotten to people, like, the, it's got a PR issue where it's, it's like, got a lot of PR issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the whole thing about commercial Krav Maga. And, and, and so, depends who you ask. Like, there's a lot of Krav Maga people who are against the commercialization of Krav Maga and they don't like belt ranking. I'm like, well, I think you don't understand humans very well. Yeah. I, I'm very for ranking and it's the need of progression, the need of goal setting. You have to have, I know there's no ranking in the military and then there's no ranking on the street. You gotta have that aspect. Well, even Russian Sambo yeah. never traditionally had a belt system. It's like you just you just do your competitions yeah. and you go and you get your merited masters of sports yeah. and local competitions then you go to the state and then to the national level. Now, in order to make it more popular in, the, yeah. in North America, they're trying to introduce yeah. a belt system. Yeah, I think you need it. And, and, and a lot of these officials are, are in agreement. They're yeah. like, in order for Sambo to become popular yeah. in, in North America, you may, have human to, thing. you may have to have a belt system. There's not that, um, that does not make it commercialized. That's just understanding human nature. Yeah. Where it becomes commercialized, Karamaga in particular, is when you focus too much on sports, it inevitably becomes a problem. When you focus too much on the soccer mom, who doesn't want to get punched in the face? Well, now you're not teaching Krav Maga. Yeah. If it, you know, there, it's, there's a battle going on where the big commercial ones, even the more legitimate ones, are losing a lot of people to some of these more like street-oriented guys. They're yeah. legit, nothing wrong. But like, you get that group that rejects belt and ranking and structure because I think they they don't want to do it. I think that's the reason they just functionally don't want to be in charge of a system. Um, and then you get the ones like in America that are like, yeah, you got your ranking. It's like, dude, like. I've gone to other Krav Maga schools with my students, and I'm like, the quality, I'm happy. My, I'm doing, I, I can see a noticeable difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if I take my students to uh, an MMA gym, my students will probably get smashed, but that's not yeah. what I'm training them for, right? My hope is, as I develop, and I, you know, it's, it's stupid COVID doesn't screw me over, but like... Uh, uh, by the time you start getting black belts from Yankrov, you'll be able to hold your own against mm-hmm. a wrestler, judoka, and all that. Because I teach that stuff. But if you're teaching to a soccer mom who just wants to get a sweat and hit a bag, yeah. you're not learning Krav Maga. I'm sorry, that's not Krav Maga. But if you don't have want... the idea that yeah. she could defend herself she at can. the same time. No. Yeah, which she probably could, yeah. but not yeah. to the level. But not to the level that of like, think, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you hear the story of, oh, I took one Krav Maga class and I defended myself. Well, okay, if I look at your life, I guarantee you're a natural <laughs> athlete because a lot of people, yeah, you know, you look at videos of muggings and you just like people the, 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 the uh, like an ATM yeah. mugging, which doesn't happen here very often, but you just see the panic. And yeah. like, I don't know what to do. There's a nice, like, that's your chance to run. Like, what are you doing? Well, the thing <laughs> with that, even in jiu-jitsu with a belt system, I mean, a lot of people put their whole put their whole identity under the belts, yeah. right? And I mean... I it, used to too. I'm guilty. And now yeah, I'm like, no, I, I, I think it's a very no- a phase yeah. that everyone goes to. But once I got purple belt, I just really didn't care. I think Jocko said the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Jocko. And I don't really... You don't like podcast. Jocko? I never listened to his podcast. I don't know. It's, but like, I mean, he did say some truth there. Like he, he, when he said, when he said he stopped caring at purple belt, that yeah. was exactly at the yeah. phase that I was at. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it's so true, right? Yeah. Um, I will be fair. Then, criticism of Jocko. Stop spending half an hour on your podcast talking about Mulk and your fucking <laughs> products, okay? But I actually stopped listening to this podcast for a different reason. It's that 
I don't know what I'm going to get with his podcast. Yeah. Am I getting a Warvet telling his story? Am I getting him just talking, shit, shooting the shit with uh, Echo Charles? Like, I don't know what I'm going to yeah. get. And I found anxiety. Because sometimes some of those... Uh, Warvets he gets on like it's hard for me to listen to yeah. and so I don't know what I'm going to get and I if I'm in a good mood that day I don't right. want to listen to it I'm playing the lottery with it like I like him yeah. uh, I think his extreme ownership was is a little no, misguided that, I, but I, well you know it's they, good and bad well, the whole th- extreme ownership yeah. come on extreme he, he fucked really? up you know he admits <laughs> it he fully admits it yeah um, I found people just are they don't know how to do it and, yeah. and 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 uh, that kind of ownership in an organization, it first of all, it has to be top down first, and yeah. second of all, it's got to be a cultural shift. Yeah. So what a lot of people are like, I'm going to come in and be extreme, or yeah, go into a government agency, yeah, and apply that. You're well, going to drive um, yourself fucking nuts. It's too individualized, right? You yeah, have, yeah, like you said, it has to be part of the workplace culture. In and which, if it's yeah. not, it yeah. will fail. Yeah. It will fail or the person's going to go crazy. Yeah. Right now, he'll just be like, well, uh, yeah, they can take personal ownership and just quit. But it's like, Jocko, that's not how... I mean, yes, you can. From a philosophical perspective, you can quit and leave everything. But in practical application in the real world, i got to yeah. pay rent. And not everyone's willing to just drop everything and live like a bum. Like me, personally, if I'm just myself, it's not ideal. I could live out of my truck for all I care. Right. And I actually have a bed set up in the back for camping already. It's mostly for <laughs> camping. Like, I built this thing, but like. I'm fine with that. It's not ideal. I like my shower and my comfort, but if I have to, I can do that. But you know what? A lot of people are not going to do that. And a lot of people actually criminalize that. A lot of cities criminalize that. Right. You can't sleep in your car. Why not? Well, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Ironically, it's still it's still allowed in L.A. because lots of people do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Surreal but, made it illegal. But that whole, uh, yeah, the belt thing, yeah. you know, in jiu-jitsu, it's like, I mean... It's funny how they they criticize traditional martial arts. You know they you know they talk about all the belts, but then they put such high priority on their own belt system, yeah. and it's and you know the people's entire careers are, are are focused on the belt. And you know I think I, this is why I say that jujitsu is going under a great transition right now, where not only the the state of the art is changing, it's changing for the better. There's more; it's becoming much more sophisticated. Yeah. But the method of teaching jujitsu right now yeah. has become Back to the, 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 the circle. yeah, yeah. The level of it has just gotten so high. Um, uh, I think people can actually progress in jujitsu within three to four years of training. You can be a pretty decent competitor. Like if you if you're training, um, you know, if you if you're putting a lot of time into it, you're training like uh, like a almost like a professional athlete, semi semi pro. You can progress in jiu-jitsu quite well with the knowledge that we have right now and even how it's in, in the direction it's going. Yeah. Um, it's very positive uh, for jiu-jitsu as a whole, not only just in no-gi, but also in, in the gi as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to very quickly overtake a lot of other sports, like yeah. other martial arts as the, as the martial art. I don't know why people are against it going to the Olympics because that changes everything. Like, now you get, like... I know there it's a money thing. A lot of people yeah. don't want in the Olympics for a money thing. And also yeah. there's the nonsense politics, as we discussed. And like the rules, like what kind of rules is going to dictate yeah. the... You know, judo's gone... I mean, judo has its... Because I'm also involved in the judo rule, yeah. too, right? And it's just like... No wrestling because we are getting... Uh, we're losing to the wrestlers. Yeah, or we want to make it exciting, right? Yeah. And so they get a, they change the, the rules. Oh, oh, every three years or something like that? I can't even keep up on how many times they change the rules like you know, different gripping strategy you can't use these grips you know if you get these grips you only have three seconds to yeah. to attack you know um 
it's it's just I'm sorry, stuff. but it's a stupid way to approach it because the people who are going to watch it are going to watch it regardless of whether it's exciting yeah. or not. Unless it's punching people in the face, people, the average person does not find it exciting. It's yeah. just a fact. Get over yourself. It's not going to work because, like they said, oh, we can never make jujitsu. No one's going to watch jujitsu. And now you get yeah. all on Fight Pass. Like, yeah. I watch and I'll check into some of these tournaments and watch them when it suits my schedule. Yeah. Like, I'm watching it. And, you know, it's really exciting for me because I know what's going on. People who have no idea what's going on are not going to watch it in the first place. So what the fuck are you talking about? We need to make it more exciting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, again, the metrics thing about measuring the TV, who's watching what. Yeah. Well, if everyone in the world loves jujitsu or everyone in the world loves judo because it's accessible. Right. They're going to watch it. Right. And they're taking the wrong approach. So Even, ju- like, Muay Thai. Like, yeah. Muay Thai is extremely popular. Really, yeah. really good. 1FC is doing yeah. a really good job oh, just putting it out there. Yeah, you know, uh, I watch my I, I watch 1FC, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. They even have, like, very legit, like, Muay Thai fighters from Thailand, yeah. like, up-and-comers, and, and, and they're fighting in 1FC, and it's just yeah. amazing. Like, I started following a couple of the female fighters, like, Stamp Fair Tax, yes. and yes. it's just yeah. like, holy shit, they're, like, kicking the crap out of each other. You're yeah. like, man, like... These are exciting, and like, oh, that's why I switched a new phone. I need to make the One FC app notify me. I'm right. like, why haven't I been watching yeah, it? Yeah. I forgot. Um, that's a brilliant model. Like, you just change. People get so stuck in their linear way of judo. Yeah. They're so traditional judo, yeah. and it's like their heads are up their ass. I'm sorry, they are. And it's like you want to make it popular, make it accessible. So someone that was complaining about the insurance requirement for because it's under a provincial sports organization, even to come train in an official club, they have to. To pay an insurance fee and if someone just wants to do a trial basically the club has to let them train for free if yeah. they want them to be in there they gotta pay whatever the 80 100 bucks on the insurance fee yeah. it's like this is not a way you do the sport There's too many lawyers have gotten involved in this nonsense right every other martial arts sign a waiver yeah. try it out you don't like it you don't like it or you can sign up it's taking and then uh, there's a club I know in judo locally <laughs> that's for profit they got kicked out of the judo association wow because they were saying people don't want to do judo if they have to come in and pay all these stupid fees for something they're not even sure they want to do in the first place and that's that's what's killing judo and let's be honest high injury yeah oh on, right. I mean uh, in Canada judo has some really interesting perception you know they because it's out of a community center oh yeah. it's a nice wham it's, it's a, I pop my shoulder it's a nice safe uh, sport for your family your kids are doing it of course I want to try judo and then you actually find out what it really takes you know and then I'm always like I'm gonna do judo and all the judo it's like nah you're good enough don't don't do it (laughs) even the name like even the word judo doesn't sound intimidating it sounds like a very inviting that you know it's kind of like the soft art you know and then you do it and it's just it just wrecks your body like if you don't know how to fall yeah and man it it could be or with the wrong partner like that's the one thing if I'm ever like a uh, bigger person who's just learning judo yeah nope nope there's a lot of physics involved you have to know it's the hesitation that I, like, I can break fall just fine but if you're like ah, huh, huh, yeah. and you can't you lose your break fall and you're like Fuck. if they're hesitating now I have to force to use my, my strength more and then it, it's, it's not going to end yeah, well no. you know and um yeah, but, you know, despite all the restrictions and all the red tape around judo, there's some really cool um, innovations happening. There's new techniques being uh, developed because you can't do the the leg grabs, right? So, yeah. you know, the kataguruma, the fireman's carry, right? Yeah. 
Uh, there's different entries now. You can do the fireman's carry without grabbing the leg. They 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 shoot crotch in. grab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they they enter from different Gotta angles. Do the full figure skater, <laughs> <laughs> right from. <now. laughs> that should be like a Will Ferrell movie, you know? Like, <laughs> well, he did that in uh, yeah, Blades yeah. of Glory. Yeah, yeah, I should right? do a judo one where he does. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. Oh, what do you think? Uh, the jujitsu with no actual jujitsu. Why is why is jujitsu media covering this? I don't understand why. It has nothing to do with jujitsu. I'm gonna throw a great one under the bus. Is uh, is a Hegan? Like, uh, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, come on. You're, he, he, the Machados are phenomenal family, but Hegan, what he's doing with Hollywood is oh is, yeah, is, yeah. It's not okay. Here's your brown belt, to Ashton Kutcher. And yeah, he, you're not a yeah. brown belt, dude. Uh, or him like promoting that movie yeah and it's like dude this isn't even about jiu-jitsu. it's not even about your art <laughs> you know it's the wrong type first of all it's the wrong type it's Japanese jiu-jitsu second of all I don't even think it's Japanese jiu-jitsu it's, it's spelled the Brazilian way with the J-I-U yeah. and then but it's <laughs> and then it's more of like samurai shit with space warriors <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I haven't seen it because I'm just like I'm not paying to see this there hasn't been uh, any good jiu-jitsu movies there's probably two I can say and one of them's not really actually has jiu-jitsu in it so remember Red Belt remember that one no I do not you know you ever seen Red Belt no, it was a very sure. cerebral movie it was a David Mamet movie and uh, it was done back in 2005 or something like that it was very cerebral really really um didn't have a lot of jiu-jitsu in it but it had the jiu-jitsu philosophy in the movie and that's really really guided the narrative and the other one's a Hong Kong movie with Donnie Yen. It was called Flashpoint, and that had like a lot of jujitsu in it. Yeah, like, probably. Of, yeah, I've seen that. Was that was really I'll have to good. watch that. One. But those are the two I can say that are probably the only Brazilian jujitsu movies that I liked. You know, um, this is not much. Yeah, this is not much at yeah. all. You know, all these people are claiming that there's jujitsu in their movies, but there's they're not really good. No. Well, there's one with so Gina Carano silly. did a movie too, but there wasn't. Yeah, but she's canceled now. Yeah, not yeah. Well, right, her. that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm waiting yeah. till they release the full Mandalorian season two before I get Disney. Then oh, I, yeah. I got it. They get you. It's like the only good thing on their thing. You watch all the Star Wars movies, and then you're like, what else are you producing? Yeah, nothing. And nothing. then I I canceled it. I'm gonna wait until like the whole second season comes out. I'll watch the Mandalorian. Get rid of it because I don't like Disney's politics. What they're yeah. doing. I'm like, I want to watch that show because I'm a Star Wars fan. I binge watch all the Star Wars and then I'm like, I'm done. Like, screw you guys. That's interesting with all the the streaming services right now. You know, oh, it's, it's a war. It's, they're uh, like going to war with each other. Right yeah, now. and even like the the changing the structures of how how shows are made. Like the scripts have to change. Like you have to start the movie like right off the bat. Like you have to start yeah. it right in the middle of yeah. the movie just to catch your attention because you're yeah. going to go to the next uh, episode or the next streaming service. So the Script, uh, script writers are having a difficult time. They're like, where do I start and where do I end this movie? Stop like, listening to the algorithm. If you, yeah. as a, in the entertainment industry, actually do good writing, which there's two, there are mostly hacks. All yeah. the good, there's like the good writers that write for everybody. The rest of them sh- are shit. Yeah. And like, write well. And if you want to educate the populace, stop pumping out bullshit just on the metrics. So they're like in this thing where they're, I'm an artist. So it's like, no, you're all sellouts because yeah. you're just listening to the metric, which what gets you this thing. And then you know the you know the whole left wing like you need this in the movie and right, I'm like right. listen you want to have a strong black female character no problem write a new thing 
something with a good character, with good writing, nobody's going to have a problem with it. And it's just there's not enough good writers. Well, except yeah. actual racists. There's just not enough good writers yeah. that can actually write well or the writers put are, good characters The writers in. have to sell out and conform to what the logarithm or it's what, the, like, produ- what the producers off. say, right? Like, it's, it's nonsense. <laughs> you're, you're ruining everyone's entertainment thing. Because you want to push politics because you're that's the only way you're gonna get paid because you're a shitty writer. Yeah. Right? Don't reinvent my character that I like. Go write your own good character. Yeah. Like, you know, every once in a while we'll be watching something and it's like, oh, there's a black character. My girlfriend's like, oh, they're making this SJW. I'm like, no, they're not. This is actually well written. These characters yeah. make sense. Right. It makes sense that that's a strong black female character. Right. right. There's no illogical nature. Just fucking ram it down my throat. I don't wanna watch your hacky yeah. shit. Like, yeah. good writing will solve the problem. And right. they're not doing that. Like side rant on entertainment. <laughs> like I didn't realize how much I appreciated good writing actually yeah. until the lockdown when I'm just like right. watching all this shit and I'm actually like analyzing like why is it good? Like have you seen the Queen's Gambit? No, I heard about it though. So fucking good. Oh, it's good. Like it's 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 not historically accurate. I bet you a lot of people are like, oh, there was a strong female chest. Right. Nope. No, not even remotely close. But um, the writing is so good. It's like who cares? Right. Like it's a fictitious right. world set in the you know 50s, 60s, 70s, and it's like such a it's so well written. There's a human factor and like the team mm. and this and the alcoholism and all that stuff. It's really well done. There's a reason a lot of people are are, are talking about it. I've been really behind on my catch up. <laughs> really behind on my cinema right now. Now I'm, that you can watching all the Danher and, and Gordon yeah. Ryan stuff right the now, opposite and, of just, me. and it's just like because you got you got all these free instructionals. I'm still yeah. going through all that material right. Yeah. And, um, as much of as you know, it sounds again. It sounds horrible. Like it's just not me. I cannot. I, I need lots of different stimuluses. Oh really? I, I train sometimes. I wish I had an addictive personality because yeah. I, I get bored doing stuff. So even doing martial arts, really? if I do it too long, I get bored, and then I have to do something else for a while, and then I'll come back and do train a lot, and then I'll go do something. See, yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Like I'm really focused on what I'm doing, yeah. and then if I get maybe maybe get bored, I'll probably do like you know something similar like wrestling yeah. or judo I'll study that and then yeah. I'll come back to jiu-jitsu it's so it's same, like though. it's all the same like I know but it's it's same and it's not right yeah. but like yeah I think I have that that kind of like one track mind yeah. a lot of, of people do yeah. that's how you get excellent at anything yeah. that's yeah. why you're better than me. I wish you I had hobbies train, I, yeah. I wish I had like I other things really to do I'm know? playing I just got Cyberpunk 27 so I the video game right, so that's right. what I'm going to be doing for the next especially with all these bullshit lockdowns and I can't go training with all the gyms I want yeah. to and I can't do all this stuff and I have to try to keep as many of my students happy as I can to keep them paying because I I'm not one of those gyms that can be like oh I'm gonna not take like, I'm I'm mad at some of these big gyms they're like we're not publicly saying that we're not gonna take people's memberships because we feel that's wrong oh. well how many students did you have before you had like a thousand if you were managing your business before you can afford to do that us smaller gyms cannot afford yeah. to do that I need people to keep supporting me otherwise I got nothing especially if I'm not gonna get this government support which you know on one side I hate taking because it's like I don't believe that's where the solution should be but if I don't take it I'm fucked and they yeah. trap you well a lot of the gyms in Surrey they're either closed or they're like severely restricted yeah. so but the gym I'm at not shameless plug uh, is open for one on ones yeah like, a lot of them are too like uh, Budo is doing one on ones now yeah. Um, yeah I personally just I'm sorry to my students I don't like doing Krav privates you want to yeah. do Jiu Jitsu privates I'll do but how like I mean even with Jiu Jitsu privates is very difficult like all I'm doing is uh, telling people like theoretical concepts um yeah. Getting this critiquing their essential movements. But I mean, even in normal times, like.
like, I don't like doing CrossFit. Yeah. Oh, really? It's boring for yeah. me, or I'm going to get hurt. It's always 200 pound guys who want to do privates yeah. with me, and Krama guys, tough. Right. And it's fine if I have to do it for like 20 minutes in one class, like in my normal, like I make my students. Like, you're not going to be stuck with the 200 pound guy for five hours of private. Like, there's a difference between, hey, today you're stuck with him for 20 minutes, and it's just you and them for five hours of paid privates. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. It's, I'm going to get hurt. Like, I have one guy from another country who was like 270. And I'm really? Like, what am I supposed to, like, do with this individual? Like, I, I physically cannot attack him in a way that makes him feel threatened. Even right. if I'm doing a rear naked choke, I can't even jump up onto him. Yeah. How am I supposed to do privates with this guy? Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't want to do any fitness or conditioning. I don't need that. I'm like, dude, I can't. <laughs> what you, I got to work with you here, like, man. I like, can't come on. Do, I can teach you in the air, but then I know you don't feel like you're just getting your money. Just teach him to lie on top of somebody. Like, it's, it's just, just like, control. dude, like, this people are delusional what they think yeah. they're coming to me for. It's like, I think I'm just going to have to start telling people who are too big, like, I'm not doing privates. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You want to do jujitsu private? No problem. Right. I can do it with a 250 pound guy. It's gonna. It's easier for me to control. Right. In that situation, and Krama guy. Oh, he doesn't know how to power control. Fucking full yeah. and kicks me in the nuts. Like. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. do that. Like it's so. While if it's like I absolutely have to do privates for money, like I will, but I don't enjoy it. Yeah. As much. Yeah. yeah. And, and say for kickboxing, I can kind of do privates, but I'm not the best pad holder in the world. So it's I, like I enjoy privates. Actually, I do, and especially right now during COVID. Um, it allows me to become very creative. So, um, so I mean, I do enjoy teaching, and I do enjoy seeing people progress. Um, but right now, it's definitely a challenge. But, I mean, people are definitely getting some benefit out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, Something like, is better. Yeah, than, and that's, yeah, what I mean. yeah. that's why I'm actually mad at people, too, for not doing the Zoom. Like, I understand yeah. it's limited. But, like, during the initial lockdown, where you weren't allowed to do anything. Yeah. Other, yeah. You could go for walks in the park here. Thank God they weren't that delusional. <laughs> but, like... Uh, you're not doing anything and then when we opened up for a little bit some people came back they're like oh, I'm, so I'm like oh, I yeah. fucking told you idiots and I'm saying that as idiots because yeah. I fucking told you it was obvious and now a lot of people regret it now they're like anxiety of even coming back when we yeah. can open up again it's like yeah. It's like I know that's it. I don't know about you, like managing. Just you know, I gotta go soon because otherwise my car's gonna get towed. Um, the one time it'll get towed here is Russia. <laughs> um, the like when people come in, the, like people have unrealistic expectations of what they're expecting when they come and train. Because with Krav, it's like nonstop. But I think that's more specific to Krav. But I'm not really sure. Like, do you get that a lot? I don't know. I get right now. I haven't been doing this too long. Right now, I just yeah. I just made the career switch, so I'm still dealing with different clients right now. I never really had too much of a negative experience right, so far. So yeah. you'll get yeah. some people coming yeah. in, like yeah. Well, we're not gonna snap next, bro, <laughs> or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. I haven't had any weird. I mean, I'm very lucky that way. I've had really good clients, and then pretty pretty dedicated ones too for one on one. So um, haven't gotten there yet, but. Um, you know, I'll probably have my fair share of weirdos. Coming. Oh, you do, you yeah. you do eventually. Yeah. Like jujitsu is not like here. Budo, I think and they've only had to kick out like one or two people. Yeah, like it doesn't happen that often in jujitsu. And I find like Krav people self-select because I'm very like clear. Yeah, like, I'm subtly clear about like you might not fit in here. Yeah, I try not to be too direct with some people because I don't need that shit. But like, you, I find people self-select a lot. Of, they just like, oh, this isn't for me, and then they walk yeah. away, and then you get the odd yeah. douchebag who leaves some shit review because it's not what he thought it was. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're an asshole. <laughs> like, fuck you. 
Yeah, um, reviews are funny online. Yeah. It's like... I never tell people to give me a review. It no, has to be on their own accord. Because if you're telling people, and then well, they actually, give you, that's not true. The, the idea for contests. The idea of five stars, like you know, everything is five stars here. Like every yeah. time I go everywhere, it's like okay, everything's well, five. Like that, Tim the, Ferriss has solved this problem. I don't know if it was his idea originally. Right. It's like you do a, on a scale of one to ten, you can't give seven. Okay. And it actually gives you a more objective view of whether it's good or bad service. Mm. Six is like, oh, now we're looking at like, oh, shit. Eight is like, oh, okay. So you're forced because people want to be nice. That's why yeah, yeah, in the yeah. psychology world, fuck off, surveys, stop. Yeah. You are not telling me you understand human behavior from a fucking survey because that's all you can do because of ethical bullshit or money things. Fuck you. Right. People lie on surveys. And uh, he said take out seven on a scale of ten. Now, with that being said, I don't know if you're following the gun grab bullshit in Canada. This hilarious... I thought it was hilarious. Um, current Canadian government wants to take guns, blah, 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 blah. They keep putting out on the government website bids to, to, to manage the program. It's First of all, the RCMP should be doing it. The RCMP do not want to do it because they're like, we don't want to mm-hmm. do this. Because mm-hmm. they, they don't want to make it look like the government's taking your guns. So they want to hire a private company. And twice they've put out bids. Twice people have said no. No companies have said it because they're not stupid. They're like, dude, our company's fucked. The truth announced um, oh this this uh, employment company is going to manage people are like first of all what the fuck does a, a temp employment company have anything to do with guns like what are you on crack but they had signed a contract their google review got went from four or five stars to like one or two because <laughs> they got flamed online so hard yeah. and then it initially came out like that oh uh no, it was a misunderstanding. That's not what the contract was for. And then it, the truth came out. It's like, yeah, we pulled the contract. They basically had hired a man. My understood loose. I don't know if it's correct or not, but they hired a manager from that company to initiate the process of getting it set up. And they're just like, no one's touching this fucking yeah. thing. But it shows you the power. If like, this is why a lot of companies are terrified of the, the reviews because if a, you get flamed. The other thing is like, um, there's a store in I forgot the store, but uh, AOC, everyone's favorite American right. Le- socialist right. idiot. Yeah, social social when I found Democrats. Out she, when I found out she had an, a, a degree in economics. I was like, I laughed, like literally laughed out loud. I'm like, she clearly doesn't under, she doesn't deserve that degree. Um, she flamed a store, and the store got such a boost in sales because people were like, you're gonna hate on that? We're going to that store. Wow. They trolled her by naming her employee of the month. I was like, that is the best. <laughs> it was funny, um, oh, but it, it can go both ways. You can get flamed, yeah. and no one wants to come to you, or you can get flamed and people support you. It just, right. It's like it's. Hard to say. Yeah, uh, I like I like that idea. You know, take out seven, take out yeah, you know, take it six, out, and then make people yeah. force people to be honest. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good idea. Because uh, like everywhere you go, it's like Google reviews. Everything's five stars. And it's like okay, that 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 I yeah. it loses meaning yeah. at that point. I right? did have someone give me four, and they're like, I'm like, why why'd you give me four? He's like, because I don't believe anything that gives you five. For exactly. Everything, so I gave you a four, and I'm helping you out. You and know what? I, I other I, people say that I was on Fiverr and had yeah. to, had to get a logo done. And um, they, I gave the guy a four. He yeah. did a great job. Yeah. He did everything great on time. Uh, I liked. It. I liked the product. Just, just I just had to dictate a little bit of what I wanted, and he came as close as as, as he could. Yeah. I gave him a four, and he wrote me back, and he was actually quite offended. Why? Why did you give me a four? I said four is pretty fucking. Have you ever good. seen that Black Mirror episode with the social rating? That I couldn't. I had like no. I didn't see that it one. It gives me so much anxiety, and that's people are too. Obs- I'm sorry, nerds. You're too obsessed with the metrics. They're they're not paying attention to the human factor. 
measure. Yeah. They're just not. And this, we need to measure everything because no, you are. This is why you're screwing things up. It's like Facebook's algorithm. Oh, we got it wrong. No shit, because you're forgetting about the human factor. We don't care yeah. about the human factor. It's wrong. No, you can measure and you can do metrics. You forget the human factor. You're going to fuck things yeah. up. You can say all you want. We want the species to be more evolved. That's not how we are yeah. right now. Stop. You can use it to a degree, but if you overemphasize it, people are so like, I need the achievement. Yeah. I need my five yeah. stars. So. I don't know. I'll be happy with four. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's <laughs> it's really hard. I'm at the point where it's like, if you don't like me, like if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be that blunt to you unless you're in my face. But I'm like, I don't have patience for this shit. Right. If you like what I'm doing, great. If you don't, go somewhere else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Fortunately, everyone likes my service, so it's good. It's, like uh, they're, you know. Well, you know me. Good. I'm an interesting character. So. <laughs> I know you. I know you. <laughs> no, of me. Um, with that being said, because I got to get going. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. How can people find you if they want to do uh, one-on-ones in private and I'm future on classes? Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. You can look me up at Level Up Fitness in Surrey. And I'm at Praxis Jiu-Jitsu, PraxisJiu-Jitsu.com. It'll be on the show notes, right? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. Depends All right. what you want, yeah. yeah. I can put it on that, and I put it in the intro in the beginner as well. Cool. That's it, just uh, Facebook and... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and that's pretty much right now. Right. And my website, PraxisJiuJitsu.com. Yeah, I'll put it on there. Cool. Cool, thanks for coming out. Thank you, Jonathan. It was really fun. Yeah. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions.